two drunk valorant episode number 52 um Ooh. holy shit we made it yeah we're My we're slightly goodness. past our year anniversary but you have 52 weeks of our podcast to listen to so we're gonna treat this like the anniversary yeah because you totally don't listen to more than one per week right <laughs> I, don't, I i couldn't stand it i can't listen to us talk more than once a week yeah, I like I've listened to like maybe the first podcast. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're right. I just don't listen to us talk. <laughs> oh, yeah, I listen to us talk while we're doing it, but like not not in hindsight. Um, alrighty, Chase Hunter, who's got the more exciting beer between you? You should you should duke it out. Uh, I'm going to concede to uh, Chase immediately here because as <laughs> as good as my beer is, it is a retread from a previous episode. So. Oh, I mean, come on. This is episode 52. You're going to like, you're going to rewash <laughs> beers. Come on. This is a, it's a really good recycle. beer though. It's just not that exciting. Okay. Fair. Fair. Well, I've got a new beer, I think. Um, unless Cass has had this one before. Um, I cool. Well, Cass and I were just hanging out with uh, Doobie from one of our earlier episodes. He was on as a guest and uh, he took us to his favorite new brewery where he hangs out a lot um, called Streetcar Brewing. And I picked up this blood orange and passion fruit smoothie sour. And uh, it's fucking good. Yeah, I, I really wanted one and Chase wouldn't give me one. I know I was a little bit, well, Man, one, I paid for them. So fuck you. <laughs> um, you could, you could have bought the, one we were at the goddamn brewery yeah but dude it was like seven bucks for a single can like fuck that as you were just saying you spent twelve dollars on a single can at the store (laughs) yeah but yeah but i I didn't know it was twelve dollars i just got up to the register and it was twelve dollars yeah at that point there's no way you could have changed it right like yeah might as well just no see this argument makes even less sense because about 30 minutes prior to that we were at a restaurant and i was like damn like the beer here is really expensive um because it was all like you know seven to nine dollars for a glass and Cass is like no nah, this is like totally fine prices so uh now he's like, saying oh seven dollars right, right, is right, right. so expensive first of all, first of all yeah, that was at a restaurant this is getting a little wacky number two i got a 20 ounce pour i don't know how many ounces are in this 473 milliliters yeah i don't know what the conversion rate is hunter <laughs> I don't know the conversion rate. I, I am the knowledge guy, but that's that extends beyond mine. Yeah, the metric system's a little too hard to understand for some people. I get it. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm American. I'm American. That's my excuse. What How many ounces in a tall boy? Tall boy's sixteen. Okay. So, um, so it would be like I got a sixteen ounce pour. Okay, a, was... a tall boy. A tall boy is slightly less than sixteen, actually. Whatever. What I, I'm just saying yeah. it's ironic that you're complaining about a $7 beer when 30 minutes prior you were like, $9 for a beer? That's pretty good. Oh, no, I didn't say it was good. <laughs> I said it's acceptable. Ah, it's just ironic. Anyway, this beer does have lactose in it, which I was like, eh, I don't really love beers with lactose typically, but it works really well. It's delicious. And it's got a dope dude riding an ATV on the front. Ooh. Uh, the other one that I was about to buy was like a, a hazy and it had a similar art style, but a guy riding a mountain bike on the front. And I was like, oh, that's way cooler than the ATV, but the beer sounded less good. So I went with this one. 
Tough decisions. Tough decisions. All right. Well, Hunter, what's your what's your throwback? I am sipping on another uh, the Greater Pumpkin, the uh, Pumpkin Ale. You know, I wanted to have this in celebration of Halloween coming to an end, <laughs> Halloween season, the Thanksgiving season beginning. It's really tasty. That ten uh, percent, I believe. Let me confirm that. It said it somewhere in here. Yeah, I think it's ten percent. It's a very rich spiced pumpkin ale, but not spiced with jalapeno. Uh, just really good. And I have some to go with it uh, using the correct pronunciation from the Discord. So, all right. Yeah. I'm drinking beer I really like today that I was like, you know what? I haven't been drinking a lot off podcast, so I'm just going to have this good stuff on podcast. Yeah. Very cool. Um, yes, yeah, so I'm drinking a Steamworks beer, uh, which I didn't know was Steamworks until like 30 seconds ago. Um, but it's a gummy sour, it's like strawberry kiwi. It's, that sounds fun. It, it's good. I I like it. It is like, I mean, I mostly bought it because the can's super cool. Um, this very like eye catching. Yeah, can looks good. Um, uh, some might call get... it eye candy. <laughs> yeah, okay. Wow, uh, how that works. Yeah, like it, I don't know. I know Steamworks is like they give you or like the stuff that I generally know from Steamworks are just like run-of-the-mill hazy IPAs or just IPAs in general, just like super hop forward, just jam this down your throat. It's going to hit you like a truck. Um, yeah, they, like this is definitely my first time having a sour from them and it it's pretty good. Like, Wow. It, a little bit lower on the alcohol percentage than I'd like, but like really good flavor. So, you know, it's got that going for it. I don't know. I think that most sours I like, so it's kind of hard to be like, oh, you came out with a sour? It's disgusting. Well, fair, fair. Okay, but I, I typically don't like the sours that are, like, overly sour. Yeah, but I do, so I'm saying yeah. like, I, I like all sours. Like, it, you're, yeah. not, you're <laughs> almost going to appease me 100% of the time if you put a sour in front of my mouth. Yeah, this is um, pretty good. I'd recommend it if you live in the area. You probably don't, so if you can find it, go for it. Otherwise, oh well. Otherwise, come to Canada specifically to get that sour. Yeah, God, I was looking at our demographics recently, and Jesus, there's no Canadians that listen to this. Maybe no Canadians play Valorant. Like, tens wasn't a big enough draw for people. So, uh, <laughs> Marv, people don't uh, heckin' love tens PJ, enough. Yeah. If people heckin' love tez, tens enough, then they would have uh, moved to Canada by now. Is Shaz Absolutely. Canadian? I don't think Shaz is. But tens Marv to BCJ, I'm pretty confident, are all Canadian. Sounds like a dope team comp. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so do you guys want to roll into the, the throwback clips, or should we should we hit that later? What are you, what are you thinking? I think we can... We can kick her off with it it's our it's our one year anniversary so yeah hunter had a had a beautiful idea you want to go into what that was yeah yeah so i thought uh you know uh since there's been a bit of time since we last uh since we started this podcast we might as well go back through some of those early episodes or even not that early episodes just ones that happened a while ago i know Cass has got some stuff from like episode 24 but like let's find the takes that aged the worst or potentially ones that are really good and talk about how things have changed between this podcast, that podcast, and this one. What is aged poorly? What is aged well? 
Yeah, so I know that Cass and I pulled a couple of clips, and uh, Hunter pulled a couple of hot takes that uh, yeah. may have aged wonderfully or may have aged uh, not so wonderfully. I'm assuming yeah. that he uh, he picked some more on the other side of that. But yeah, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, Hunter, you wanna you wanna kick us off? Like, give us a give us a take. Well, that being said, I focused a lot on episode three, which I learned today was uh, also the episode Cass focused on. And he actually had like an audio clip from that, whereas I focused on just like taking notes. So I might kick it off to Cass because he might have an audio clip of what I was going to summarize anyway. So I'll I'll defer to Cass on this one. Oh, okay. Uh, well, yeah, Trace, you want to run that clip? I, while, while Trace is pulling that up, um, I'm going to give a bit of background because uh, there, there's a bit of context needed for it. Um, we we're talking about the the visual bug associated with Chambers Headhunter during the PBE. Oh, um, yeah. It's okay. I was going to cover this as well. I'm glad yeah, I waited. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Um, that was a good time for me to disconnect from the call, I think. There's uh, there's probably going to be a bit of editing that takes place here while Chase pulls this up so we don't get a bunch of, like, background noise and shenanigans mixed in, so. All right, back into it. <laughs> that was a feature. Well, yeah, that's the thing. I thought it was a feature. I thought I yeah. could spam it as fast as I possibly could, and every bullet would go where I wanted it to. And then while I was messing around trying to shoot bots in the range, I'm like, where the fuck are my goddamn bullets? Like, I swear to God, I'm on this bot's head. Um, What's... Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. And so I was saying, like, that that was something that, like, well, number one, it made me think I had really dog shit aim in the range <laughs> where nothing's even shooting back at well, me. Well, you, you do. <laughs> Well, yes, that's true, but I don't want the game to shove it down my throat. Yeah. Let me find that true. out naturally in-game when I fucking whiff a goddamn clip into someone. Um... All right, yeah, so <laughs> obviously... That's a great <laughs> clip. <laughs> oh, man. Obviously, Cass a little tilted there from uh, whiffing, whiffing shit in the range. I, I missed the entire context that you gave earlier because of uh, pulling up the clip, but uh, what were you talking about here? So it's like back in the PBE, Chambers Headhunter had this visual bug uh, where like when you just shot it into a wall, you could spam it as fast as you wanted, and it looked like every single bullet was going dead straight. Mm, but it wasn't yeah. actually. But yeah, like yeah, those were the, bullets... the tracers and wall impact were bugged, not the actual yeah. shots. So yeah. your bullets, if you fired it as fast as possible, like the bullets would have spread on it, but visually, um, it was bugged, so it looked like all your tracers and every bullet hole in the wall was just dead center. Um, and so I was just kind of flicking back and forth between like bots heads in the range and trying to click it as fast as I could. Uh, and like, obviously I wasn't killing bots because my bullets weren't going straight, <laughs> but yeah, visually we it looked out... like they're going straight. <laughs> yeah. And like, we figured out just before we recorded that podcast that it was a bug. Cause when Cass and I were messing around in the range, we thought like, huh, Maybe Cass's aim is just bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's just like slightly missing the head. Actually, if you look, like right. bullets three and four miss slightly to the left. In the... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. the, the, the Hiko copy pasta here. Bullets shots one through five clearly missed. Yeah, yeah. I, I never yeah. can actually recall the actual like copy pasta. I just kind of generalize <laughs> and then hope that people understand what I'm talking about. Yeah, I wasn't sure if you were kind of doing your own thing or referencing it, which is why I thought I'd just make it. Yeah, yeah, really thank you. It home. Thank you. Uh, I mean, so, Cass, do you think your aim has gotten any better over the last year? You know what? 
I'm actually not too sure, but I feel like it it kind of has to have. Um, I don't know what rank I was in back then, but I'm assuming like mid to low pack silver. Yeah, and I mean, I'm currently our... sitting in plat one, so yeah, we were yeah, all in I... silver when we started the podcast. So yeah, in episode yeah. six, you said you were talking. We were talking about Smurfs, and you were saying like you mentioned gold, and you were like, "That's a rank I've never touched." Oh, okay. Mm. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you clearly have hit gold, yeah. Oh, but also, holy shit, we just really glossed over that. But uh, congratulations to Cass for joining the uh, the Platinum Squad. Hooray! Let's yeah, go. let's go. That happened this week at some point. Yeah. Yeah, it was, uh, okay, it was kind of funny, because, like, I hit plat, and then a Hunter's dad jumped on. And so Chase and I hopped on alts so that hunter's dad wouldn't just be like absurdly outclassed uh based off mmr and somebody in like the all chat on their team was calling us out for having swapped accounts <laughs> that was a wild experience game. yeah 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 somehow he had gone back like via tracker and like looked at our match history or something, and he looked at Hunter was on the same account, so we looked at Hunter's match history and saw that right, he was right. playing with someone whose name was very similar to my name, and was like giving me shit in chat for uh, like hopping on a different, like hopping on an alt account, and then like later in the game started calling out Cass. He'd somehow figured out like that Cass was yeah. the same one from the previous game as well for also hopping on an alt account. Yeah, yeah, and but, that was the wild thing because Cass's name wasn't similar at all since he was yeah. in one of my alts. It was that uh, he played Jet in both games. That's how he yeah, figured he, it out. Yeah, he figured it out because I was, I was playing Jet in both games. But uh, it was – well, also, yeah, at one point he asked me, uh, like, what rank I was because uh, I think I, I think I like, head-tapped him a couple rounds in a row. And he's like, yo, Jet, like, what rank are you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And clearly it wasn't whatever that account was. So. Yeah, the, the man definitely uh, thought he was a detective during that game. Mm-hmm. And I will say, I think we lost that game. Oh, we yeah. lost handily. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah they no, were we... fucking wrecking us. So it's not yeah, like us hopping had... on alts had anything to do with the, with the uh, prowess in that game. It was like, they, oh, yeah. they were way better than us. Well, the... Yeah, the Yoru on their team was just disgusting. Like, yeah, and then they also had some of the best coordinated team utility I've seen. Like we had on on offense, we just could not get into sight because they would just like utility spam smartly the choke points and then also flank aggressively at the same time. So they yeah. they very much did a PRX strat of playing offense on defense there, and we we were not ready for it. No, they played well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I got handedly diffed by their Yoru. Like, Which you don't that, say, you don't say often. No, like that, like it wasn't even so much the the Yoru, although his his flashes were pretty good. Um, like I, I definitely got like caught out with flashes that were like popping. Like I can't because you know how it hits the wall and then it comes out with that little trail. Yeah, like he had a couple of flashes that like you can't see the trail because it's behind something, and then like as soon as that flash enters your POV, it's like unreactable because it's popping immediately. Yeah. Um. But, like, his aim was just disgusting. Like, I just got a hard aim diffed there. Yeah, I was the only one who didn't get diffed by that Yoru, probably because I am one, so I knew his tricks. But still, it was impressive what he was doing. Yeah, the Yoru was good. 
Yeah. Um, but yeah, going back to the original thing, yeah, I feel like my aim's definitely gotten better than what it was back then. I mean, it's no bugged aim with the chamber. Yeah. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. Like, I think my rifling aim has definitely gotten better. Um, obviously, it's it's a lot harder to tell with an operator because, like, I guess I could. Like tracker, unfortunately, doesn't do this, and even if it did, it wouldn't be the best metric. But like, I guess it'd be nice to know how many bullets I fire with an op and how many of them hit targets. But yeah. it would definitely get like messed up because there are oftentimes when I'm just spamming through a smoke or like like there's a viper alt and I've got an op and I might as well rattle off a couple of shots and hope to get lucky. So yeah, I don't know, but like it, it like it, I, I think it's a lot harder to tell whether my offing has gotten better aim wise, but I feel like my rifling has definitely gotten better. I mean, I think the one consistent thing is that you're not consistent. That is mm. true. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, you, you got a little uh, hot and cold in your aim sometimes, especially with offing. Yeah. But I think, I think that your your uh, rifling tends to be a little bit more consistent. Yeah, I also am a hot and cold player, but that's why I've gravitated towards playing uh, duelists who can get in people's faces with flashes and spam fire that my aim is much less relevant. So I've, you know, that's definitely something that I've continued to learn over the last year. I've really moved away from playing Sentinel players or more passive roles. I mean, also, like, lately there, now admittedly this doesn't happen all that often, but there are certain times when, like, like, I'm feeling really good with either a Vandal or a Phantom, and, like, I'll have the ability, or, like, I have the creds to buy an op, or, like, there'll be an op on the ground, and someone's like, hey, like, do you want this? And I'm like, nah, like, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with the rifle for now. Like, it's it's working. Um, which I think yep. back then, I was definitely grabbing an op. Literally oh, yeah. possible. Yeah, yeah. Sign of personal growth, Cass. You should applaud yourself for that. <laughs> You're no longer as much of an op crotch. <laughs> op crotch. More like it's more like an op cane now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you just need some assistance walking, but not like yeah. the entire ability to walk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's a great way to say it. Yeah, I mean, just to remind everybody, the uh, episode three that we're talking about was back in November 2021. So that's like a full fucking year ago. God damn. Yep. The times they are a changing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, did you have more notes on that, Hunter, on uh, on episode three? Absolutely, I have more notes. And All actually, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And Cass did not play the clip I thought he was going to play. He came so close to it. Uh, oh, so okay. I, I think I know which clip you're talking about, and <laughs> I was thinking about including that. You should have. But but it's I, all good. Okay. Well, I, I figured that like you would that you were probably going to touch on that one, so I didn't yeah. bother. Yeah. 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 <laughs> But I, so I'm I was very confident I know exactly what clip you're talking about. Okay, okay. So um, I gravitated towards episode three because it was very obviously by the title about Chamber. And I was really curious to hear how our thoughts on how Chamber was going to be like aligned with reality. And the very first thing that I hit that was very close to when Cass's clip was, when we were talking about the bug in the ranger, it seemed accurate, is... I was saying that I wasn't sure how good the headhunter would be and that a good buff idea would be 
for it to actually be fully spammable. You can spam it with perfect accuracy, no matter how fast you fire it. Oh, no. <laughs> that is just so funny to think back on. Like, how much more toxic would it be going into chamber if they were just rattling off shots as fast as possible, perfectly where they were put, pointing the trigger? That yes, because like, the headhunter oh, man, really needed so a buff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just couldn't believe that was my thought at the time. Oh, like, yeah, even if the headhunter wasn't good otherwise, if you add that ability to it, it would immediately be, at, like, too good. To have, oh. like, a guardian, basically, f- like, you could fully accurate, full yeah. auto-accurate by spamming the trigger. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, okay, that a, is not, hmm. that is not what I thought you were, you were going to reference there, actually. Um, really? I, I thought you were going to talk about how, like, towards the very beginning of this episode, I, like, I come on by saying that, like, you know, like, I, I've really enjoyed playing Chamber, but like, and I think Chamber is going to be a really fun option for when somebody locks Jet before me. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> right. Right. Like I was saying, it is in like Chamber was going to be my backup pick um, for for when Jet got locked, and he just fully ended up being yeah. like my main for a very long time. Uh, yeah, that specifically wasn't what I focused on, just because I've kind of bragged about that on podcast before, the fact that I called you being a chamber main before you did. Uh, specifically, I had a note, though, that you said very you said very uh, definitively, you were like, I just don't see in the meta chamber, <laughs> chamber replacing Cypher or Killjoy, because they have such value in locking down a site that chamber just doesn't provide. <laughs> I, oh, I no. That was pretty good. <laughs> That's that's a wonderful wonderful replay. Oh yeah, oh yeah. But but I will say my hat is off to you, Chase, because you were the one person who correctly foresaw how good Chamber would be. You said kind of like half jokingly because we were all talking about how Chamber seemed undertuned. You said that he might need a nerf if anything in the future, and will be really good at the role that Cass like already likes to play of peeking aggressively without like entering aggressively. And I was like, dang, that was spot on when I heard that. Wow. I mean, I, sh- I should have listened back to this episode just as like a bit of a pat on the back then, I guess. Yeah, I mean, you should. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then also about Chamber, I-, I did correctly say that Chamber will be a popular Smurf agent because of his fun mechanics and high aim that can make him really good. Cass wasn't so sure. He thought that there's no way he outpaces Rain as a Smurf agent. Yeah, I just feel like, I mean, but like, I, I feel like that holds up. I feel like he doesn't outpace a Jet or a Reyna as a Smurf. No, I don't know. I feel like I've seen a lot of Chamber Smurfs, but maybe that's a, you know. Maybe, or is Chamber just so overpowered you assume they're Smurfing? <laughs> yeah, could be, could be. Um, yeah. Because well, I feel like, and like, yeah, I might be rehashing what I said back on that episode. I don't know. I didn't really listen to it that strictly, but um, I feel like, Chamber doesn't have the tools that enables you to to snowball kills, which is what you want to do when you're smurfing. <laughs> you did say that in that episode. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes, but you I are you are that, quoting yourself. I think that holds up. Like I feel like Reyna like Reyna with her ability to heal or dismiss, and then Jet with her ability to dash in to close distance and or dash out which especially now that that jet change is in place you can get more dashes in a given round if you actually are getting kills um 
Like, I, I feel like those are just better Smurf options. And, like, I, I stand by that take. Well, the question isn't if they're better Smurf options. The question is if they are more commonly used Smurf options. And I feel like the answer is still yes. I don't know. I don't know. Well, either way, um, I think you were still undervaluing the potential for chamber smurfing. But anyway, mm-hmm. we, we, you know, since there's some debate on that, you know, we don't need to hash that out too much. <laughs> Another focus of, our, of that particular episode was Fracture, since it was newly, relatively newly added at the time. One thing that we said, which I understand why we said it at the time, because Fracture was so different and unique, but is kind of funny to look back on, is we were having a really hard time understanding, like, how smokes are supposed to work on Fracture. And so we said, like, Fracture is a two-smoke or no-smoke map. You should either run double controller or zero controller. (laughs) Which, uh, not really. I don't know. I feel like that's not a terrible take, because so many people in the meta at that point like even after that we're running double controller on fracture yeah like i don't think it's an embarrassing take like me about the headhunter i think it's just interesting how now that we've figured out how to play you can very effectively have one smoker on fracture like you really don't need to but yeah i i i see why we said it and other people were certainly thinking similarly at times i mean i think the embarrassing take of that is the no smoke yeah. <laughs> like I yeah. fracture would yeah. be brutal with no smokes. I mean any map is brutal with no smokes, <laughs> but like fracture is no different. So the fact that we're saying two or none yeah is uh is a little bit interesting because like where in the fucking world were we thinking no smokes? Okay, well I will say if there's a map to have no smokes on I still think it's probably fracture. <laughs> no, I'm not saying it's a good idea. I'm not saying you should do it, but I'm saying out of all the maps in the pool, if I had to play one of them with a team comp that didn't have smokes, it's either that or Ascent. I'm just thinking of, like, entering site, how many angles you have to clear, or how many angles people could be peering at you from, right? Uh, Ascent... I feel like Ascent's no smokes would be brutal, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I was thinking more Haven. Uh, I think like Haven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Haven, I think has the best ability to play no smokes. But dude, a site attacking yeah. a site with no smokes is just like heaven. Is just a fucking thorn in your side. Oh yeah, definitely. I'm I'm not saying it wouldn't be, yeah. but like entering onto site and gaining control of site, you can clear at least the window of heaven. Um, before opening yourself up to too many other angles. Yes, but like to yeah, clear, would, yeah, to clear heaven, you need like heaven and hell by nature. It'd be know, a fifty-fifty. Heaven and hell, yeah. It's like you're what you're guessing which one they're in. Um, well, what I'm thinking is you you would flash to get like past the long angle that someone would be peeking you from, like from heaven, the angle from long, and then you'd have everyone push onto site while one person parks themselves in long, watching heaven. That yes. would be the way to play it if you had no smokes. And I don't yeah. feel like that would be the worst thing in the world. And yeah, you can, so, you yeah, can be coming up yeah. from short where you have to clear way less angles entering site as well. I mean, Heaven's still yeah. still able to peak you short, but... Yeah, you have yeah. like a too long, three short kind of take. Yeah. Right. I don't. I just feel like... Yeah, I mean, like... I it's not optimal, but I feel yeah, like yeah. it's oh, oh, of course. Of course it's yeah. not optimal. Like, you're playing no smokes. That's never optimal. Yeah. Um, and be very like, doable, be site... I know, oh, yeah. it's like, at least one of the things that I 
I pay attention to, or like, eh, maybe that's even the wrong way to put it, but like, it's like basically if the enemy team is running a Viper as their, their smokes agent on Haven, it's like I can very freely put my second TP in Heaven and TP back to Heaven off of A long or A short. Um, and like, if the Viper proves that they've got a smoke orb lineup, to block that off, then, like, I guess I won't do it, but, like, I know, when I'm typically falling back from, like, one of those opening engagements this chamber, it's like, I'm usually thinking, man, I'd love to go Heaven here, but I know as soon as they're actually hitting sight, Heaven's gonna be smoked off. Oh, yeah. And so I don't actually, like, it's, like, doesn't make sense for me to put my TP there. I should put my TP either, like, CT or maybe just behind the main box on sight, um, and, like, fall back not as significantly but like if they don't have smokes you bet your ass i'm putting my my second tp in heaven and i'm tping back to that i mean yeah so i think really you should probably run smokes on all the maps yeah but just for me if you were saying hot like take. which one's the uh... hot take. <laughs> yeah current yeah. hot takes um mm-hmm. yeah. if you're That's just gonna age poorly <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> controllers are gonna fall out of the meadow when they introduce yeah. chamber 2.0 and <laughs> just becomes 50-50 aim duels. Who can mash teleport faster? Mm-hmm. Who's, who's got that better ping? Yeah. Everybody moves to Texas. Um, yeah. But I, I don't think that, like... I don't know. I, I still think if there is a map that you're going to play with that smokes, like, I'd, I'd kind of want it to be Fracture. Taking B-Sight without smokes is a fucking pain in the ass, though. Yeah, I was I was really thinking of B. A yeah. would be alright. A would be okay. Um, but yeah, like, not being able to smoke off Jen and Canteen is just an L. Oh yeah, 100%. But, like, when we said no smokes, we weren't necessarily including, like, Jet and Neon smokes in that. So, like... You could temporarily smoke them off to get people out onto site, and then at that point, it's just like, we're going to huddle up and turtle down. <laughs> well, you do know that Neon didn't exist when we did that podcast, right? <laughs> yeah, Neon was not So, of course, around. we weren't including Neon smokes. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, Phoenix may or may not have been meta then. I don't, I don't fucking know. It was probably more meta. <laughs> it was still when we were talking about how, like, dope six Phoenix was on Haven. Mm. I think. I Fuck, I don't know. But, like... That was probably around that time. Maybe. Uh, I have no idea. But anyway, so in addition to saying the two-smoke or no-smoke thing on Fracture, I also was singing the praises of Yoru on Fracture, how I, how, I th- how I thought he would be meta on Fracture, and bring me a lot of wins on the map. When, uh, you know, during my uh, act of grinding Yoru, I found that I really didn't like Yoru on Fracture, so... I mean, Yoru being meta on any map is obviously uh, not a great take, but even for me, it wasn't that good. Yeah, you were singing the praises of the Yoru on Fracture for a while at the beginning uh, there. I was, yeah. You're like, wow, like the rotates are so good. Like you can play one site, teleport back to the other. Yeah, there there are some perks of it, but I just feel like it, I prob- it probably overperformed initially due to the fact that Yoru thrives in chaos where the other team isn't quite as situally as situationally aware of their surroundings as they should be. So I probably got away with a lot of stuff that wasn't consistent in the first, you know, hours of playing 
uh, Yoru on Fracture. So. Just because people didn't you know. know the map? Yeah, yeah. I think that's a fair take, but yeah, I think it's it's funny that you thought Yoru was ever good. Yeah. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> As we were just complaining about being dogged by Yoru. Yeah. Yeah, but I didn't yeah. get dogged by his Yoru. I got dogged by his aim. Well, you were just saying that he would have like these crazy flash he, lineups. Yeah, he so. had, he had well, and his and he would teleport he behind us and peek from there. So it wasn't yeah. like his abilities weren't a factor. They absolutely no, were. No, no, they were, but it's like I got wrecked yeah. by his aim more so than But than he would put himself else. in position to use his aim with his teleport. Sure. Sure. It wasn't like he was just pop flashing and peeking mm. like standard angles. He was pop flashing and getting behind you and then shooting you. So I feel like you can't possibly say, oh, well, you know, he would have done that on any agent. Yeah. Like, he clearly was great at Yoru's utility specifically. He might not have been a good Chamber or Jet player. No, dude, he would have He would have fucking wrecked on either of those two. <laughs> nah, dude, I, I was, like, even against him. I think I was, like, four and five against him or something. Uh, Maybe like, it's just because you know where the I Yoru could... lineups are going, but also, like, I just got fucking domed every time I had an engagement yeah, but... with him. Even yeah, if I knew where that... he was going. Dude, like, like, dude, like, I'm saying, yeah, like, when I was taking yeah. fair gunfights, he was fucking tapping me. Oh, oh, I see. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I like, was just saying that I felt like his aim wasn't crazy, but we just had different perspectives of that. Yeah. Like, yeah. his aim was disgusting. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, shall we move that's on? All my, that's on my notes from episode three, yeah. All right, we're going to move on a little bit to uh, episode six, entitled Too Hot to Handle. Um, mm. Like a uh, wonderful, like, what, reality TV series. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know about wonderful it's it's <laughs> kind of very very bad but um yeah i mean I've, I've heard like the first like three episodes are good when they figure out what the show is about the contestants and then it just falls off hard after that yeah i mean i've watched i think there's two seasons i've watched both with my girlfriend and oh, uh, cool. they're like fine i don't know she'll fucking love reality tv and i get into it too so now uh, hunter mm-hmm. actually you know it, it's all about that temp- temptation island shit so <laughs> Even that's fallen off so hard over the seasons. I've lost enthusiasm. I don't know. Season just... <laughs> one was much watch TV. Uh, it it fucks you up. Yeah. That that that's a reality TV show. I gotta give a recommendation to. So if you haven't oh, seen that, uh, even if you don't like uh, reality TV, oh, yeah. but you enjoy people's lives getting fucked up. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. And if you're watching with your significant other and you want a test of you know how strong your relationship is, because you could have very different opinions on what's happening, it's good for that as well. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, the people on the show are definitely testing how strong their relationship is. Oh yeah. <laughs> anyway, absolutely. Well, hold on, real quick to sidetrack <laughs> yeah. us here a bit. Oh, as um, if we weren't already. That's what we need. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, you guys know how you have like we we've all got certain maps that we do and we don't like, right? Oh, it's Valorant related. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, no, this like it, it, I I thought about this because I I um, Hunter is bringing up uh, the the fracture talk here. Um, the maps that I don't like are the only ones that I've got a negative win rate on. Interesting. And so I feel you're... like they well, uh, no they shit. Go, That's yeah, correlated like, as hell. I feel like they obviously go hand in hand, but like I don't know, like I didn't love split. I've got a positive win rate on it. True. I, I really didn't like Split 2, and it was my highest win rate map for a long time. I was just like, whatever on Split. Like, I don't love it. I don't hate Like, I didn't hate it. It was fine. But, like, man, I fucking hate Breeze and Icebox. And 
Actually, uh, my Breeze win rate is getting very close to 50-50. Oh, uh, that's progress for you, Cass. Uh, yeah, it is. But, like, <laughs> man, fucking hate that. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, I just thought, like, obviously yeah. they're very correlated. But I know Hunter talking about the fracture. Uh, like, basically, I was thinking about two things. First of all, I know I've brought this up fucking many times on the pod. But, like, I play the best on that map. Uh, number two, I've been leaning much more back into playing jet lately um and i feel like fracture might be my lone holdout as in like i don't really want to play jet on this map i want to be chamber yeah chamber's good on fracture like i really enjoy playing chamber on fracture um and then for like these other maps like like i find that generally i i much prefer to play like, I, I want to play Jet on Breeze. I want to play Jet on Pearl instead of the Chamber. Um, and then all the other maps, it's, like, more so just what I'm feeling that day. Like, am I feeling more aggro? Am I feeling more just, like, I just want to lock down angles or whatever it may be. But, like, I feel like on, on Fracture in particular, like, fuck, I just want to play Chamber on that map. Yeah, I love Fracture. Man. People mm-hmm. fucking hate Fracture. I don't get it. Yeah, it's uh, it's fun with how I think it's it being so different is why I find it a breath of fresh air and why some people hate it. But like, why are you hating on what's different? Because if the maps got too samey, then uh, you know, if all I, we had was pearls of the uh, in in terms of map design, which pearls great, but it's very basic. You know, the game would get a lot more boring. It's nice to have those ones that really mix it up. No, yeah. I feel like something that people might not have fully internalized on fracture is you have to attack when you're on defense i feel like like you really need to pick in any given round right it's like we're gonna take a main or Mm -hmm. we're gonna take tree um like whatever it may be you need to pick an area of the map on defense and you need to push out past the spawn barriers and control that area which I feel like is very different from any other map. Any other map, you can kind of sit back, use your smokes and the rest of your utility, just kind of delay them coming in, figure out where they're coming from. But because on Fracture, they can push you from both sides. I feel like if you're not putting, if you on defense aren't actively putting pressure somewhere on the map, like you're you're not going to have a good time turtling up in sight is, is my take on it. And I feel like people aren't as accustomed to the W key on the defensive side, which I feel like is very needed on that map. Yeah. Just some sort of a aggressive play. I don't necessarily yeah, say but... that you need to take that space every round, like a quarter of the map kind of deal. Cause there's four entrances obviously. Um, but you need to at least be taking aggressive peaks out of something so that you can either, so you can, Either say, okay, they're here, or okay, at least we know this part is free. Otherwise, there's just, there's too much, too many areas that the attackers can come from. Like, you don't have right. enough information. You just need to do it info-wise. Yeah, I'm like, I, you see in pro play, like, a bunch of teams will do um, what, like, announcers have been calling, like, a bridge crunch, in which they push out of arcade and dish simultaneously. Um, yeah. And just take alt spawn which i find to be like 
if anybody is over there, and more often than not, Someone you have is. Fewer, fewer attackers on that side. True, whether that true. is zero or whether that is two, I find that more often than not, you have fewer attackers on that side of the map. Um, and so getting pushed from both dish and arcade simultaneously kind of like cuts off your cuts off your escape route and you're just getting shot from both directions, um, which like you, you see a lot in pro play. Hmm, like, maybe we should do that more. That's not a bad idea at all. Yeah, yeah. I really like that. Um, and then you can do the same thing on the other side of the map too. It's just, I feel like it's more common to run into more people. When you do that, yeah, you push both, out both A and B main. And yeah. A main. Yeah, you might want to like fully um, commit like all five defenders do that crunch if you're going to do yeah. that. Yeah, but like I, I feel like that's something that you see a lot in pro play that like you don't often see in ranked, but I feel like is is a really strong strategy. Of you guys can you guys can have the other side of the map, and like if you end up planting, we'll play retake, but hopefully we're gonna we're gonna crunch in on. I mean, I feel like the ideal number is two, right? You want to pick yeah, which side take is two it. people, and you crunch in on them, and, like, you kill those two people. Ideally, you take no losses, but, like, let's say you lose one person. It's like, hey, two for one, you take that. And then we can play 4v3 retake. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think that that's a good, good strategy. We should definitely try that at some point mm -hmm. whenever we play Fracture next as a trio. Or as, a, as thing, a five stack. Yeah. The only thing is, as the person who plays Chamber, I probably won't be one of the people pushing. <laughs> and I'll probably be one of the people holding down something else. God damn it. While, while you guys You, you motherfucker. That. Now we're, we're going to get run over and you're going to be like, why am I left alone on site? Like, what the fuck happened? I, I, hey, unlike you, I don't complain about being left alone and everybody else is dead. <laughs> oh. God, mm. you're the only person that like I ran into that. You're just like, what the fuck? Why is everyone dead? I do, I do get that a lot because like <laughs> people take aggressive peaks and it kills everybody. And then I'm in a one v five and I've like not seen someone yet, and I'm like, what the fuck has happened elsewhere on the map? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I'm over here holding my a main angle. Come on. Oh um, okay. I was looking through some of my old clips that I had um. I'd recorded. There's a great one which, like, I'm not gonna bother showing because this is an audio podcast, not like a visual one. But really, it is. Well, I never knew that. Okay, God, a thing, whole like, year I, I think, didn't know. I think this. Clip You've never is, brought that up on podcast before. Say, <laughs> like, I thought this clip was so great because right at the start, like right before barrier drop goes down, Chase is over the mic just being like, uh, "Everybody, make sure you save here," because uh, we had just lost a pistol or no. I don't know. It was like, uh, I can't remember what round it was. But Chase is like, oh yeah, like make sure you save here. And then there's Reyna and me, who just full body <laughs> and are like, nah, fuck that. Like, oh, I was in that game. Three, in yeah, that game. within three seconds of barrier drop, we yeah. get four kills. <laughs> yeah, that was incredible. And that's when the Jet on their team is pulling a chase and being like, yo, what the fuck? Why is everyone dead? They're on a save. And that's where I was going with this. Ah. Uh. Yes, I mean, I'd say great clip, terrible mentality. <laughs> <laughs> but it worked. Yeah, and actually, you know, speaking of, uh, I think uh, I'm going to have to play this clip that I have from episode six because uh, Cass's mentalities absolutely come into play here. Uh, 
So I'm gonna get. Oh the, man, I'm excited. I'm gonna get this going. Hunter and I have a very solid point here. Yeah. I'm saying that until the other team proves that they're better at aiming than I am, I'm going to I'm going to take every duel I can. I mean, I'm not talking about your personal philosophy. I'm talking about do you think this is better for the team and for the game? Oh. Yeah. Like do you think your personal philosophy is actually beneficial? In certain circumstances, I would argue yes, given the circumstances. I'm not talking about certain up. circumstances. I'm talking about in general. Yeah. Because Hunter and I are arguing that you are actively harming the team by not giving them respect off the bat. All right. <laughs> yeah, so talking that about Cass's mentalities, uh, here is a, a hot <laughs> mentality from, uh, from back in the episode six days. I don't, I don't think that's aged poorly in the sense that I believe Cass still feels the same. <laughs> well, if I let the clip go a little bit longer, um, yeah. he starts to agree with us. Which I then point out is something that rarely happens. Um, oh, oh, okay. That and, sounds familiar. And he, uh, he's like, you know what? You guys are right. Maybe after the beginning of the game, I should give my opponents the respect and not take those duels. And, you know, when, uh, if, oh, if yeah. I'm going to start winning those duels immediately, then, you know, what? we probably would have won the game anyway. You know? Like, Wild. So uh, he, he, starts, he starts agreeing with us. But I wanted to bring up the fact that there is no way that he took that into consideration in any of his gameplay oh, no. since we aired this episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Yep. Nah, you gotta peek shit. Like... Oh, like, I, I, like, again, and, like, I, I, I do see what you're saying, but if you don't know what you're gonna be able to get away with, then, like, you like you, you got to push the limits, you know? I mean, this harkens back to exactly the same topic of conversation we had in this, which is you can start pushing the limits once you see that you can. Okay, but I feel like it, it, it comes into the factor, like, with my first round buy, right? Like, if if I don't think... I'm going to swing a longer angle and head tap someone, then I'm not going to buy a sheriff. And Damn. I might I might elect to do something else. But you you got to start the game with confidence. Like you you got to go in there being like I'm going to click heads. And if you don't start the game off that way, right? If you're going to be coy and shy about it, then like you're you're just starting on the wrong foot. Well, the question isn't whether you start the game with confidence. The question is whether you start the game overconfidently peaking. <laughs> There's a big difference between those two things. It's not like, oh, I need to like camp in a corner with a shotgun because I can't hit anything. Like that's not the alternative we're saying here. Nor was it a year ago. Uh, right, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And you agreed with us back then. I can't. We must have articulated our point quite well. I don't. I don't yeah, have that yeah. ability anymore, obviously, but. Um, the cast listen to episode six and change your mind based on that. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, Cass is definitely the kind of person that uh, does not start off a game respecting his opponents. He has to make them earn that respect by killing him a bunch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and our point was Putting you start the off the game by respecting your opponents, and you can slowly start to 
like peek those more, you know, fair to maybe even unfavored for you angles. Uh, once they have shown that you are able to get away with that or that you might be able to get away with that, you know, just some sort of like, Ooh, maybe I can get away with this. Do it. I know. I mostly, I think nowadays I mostly do that on save rounds where it's like, if I'm saving, I might as well go for the, the risky peak. Like, if yeah. I can't, if yeah. I can't full buy, right. I might as well buy a Marshall and I might as well swing this long angle and see if I can get that headshot because we're not expected to win this round anyway. And that or could like, turn the round like, right in our right, favor. Same thing with Chambers headhunter, right? Like I might as well peak tree with one headhunter bullet. And if I get that one tap, great. And if I die, not a huge loss, right? We're probably going to lose this round anyway. Um, I feel like your philosophy is definitely more relevant in like full buy rounds when both teams have full buys. And it's like, well, should I take this fight? Yeah, I mean, I definitely agree with you, except for like we were just talking about at the beginning of a game, you know, like first couple of rounds. So yeah. maybe if you lose pistol and then you're like, okay, well, we're on a save, but, you know, maybe I can make it a 4v5 here or maybe it's a 4v5 in the other way and we're on a save anyway. Fuck it. Yeah. That like... that does make a lot of sense to me. Like that's when you do have to take those aggressive plays. The way that you do it is not the way that I would do it. I would rather like sn like snowball onto site, you know? Like yeah, yeah. you get like four of you to just fucking rush with classics and see if you can isolate like a four V one, even if they got a specter, you're probably going to get that. Yeah. I know. It's just like, like, like now when I'm playing jet, I don't have this flexibility, but like, I find that the nicest part about chambers headhunter is you can elect how much you're putting into it. And so like, let's say I get one kill during pistol, right? I get 300 credits right there. You can, I can typically buy a headhunter shot, maybe two. Um, in fact, I think no matter, if, even if I don't get a single kill, I think I can always afford one headhunter shot and get a full buy the next round. Um, and it's like, well, I might as well take this this peak in somewhere where I can relatively guarantee somebody's going to be holding this. Like, I don't necessarily want to push something that, like, or I don't want to necessarily peek an angle right off barrier drop that, like, somebody may or may not be. It's like, I have one headhunter shot. I don't want to, you know, like, I want to use this in a circumstance in which right off barrier drop, I can guarantee somebody's going to be there. And I want to take this one duel. And I want to take this one shot and see where that goes. Yeah, I guess it makes sense. It makes yeah, sense. Right. right, like you're right. There's a really good chance that you guys, five seconds into the round, might be playing four v five. But hey, we're on a save <laughs> anyway. We're not. We're not likely to win this. I might as well go for the high risk, high reward play. And do I have more confidence than I should in some of my aiming capabilities? Perhaps. But then there are also times, and like the clip that I was just referencing, where like you know, five seconds into the round, I get two headshots with a marshal, and Reina sprays down two people with a specter, and we win a save. 
happens. Yeah, it does. It does happen. So I, I like the uh, the thought process you've got now that is a bit more developed than uh, than uh, it was in that clip. Mm-hmm. Uh, now that's a thought process. I'm not entirely confident that you actually play like that, but uh, at least you're thinking like that. So that's a that's yeah, a step in the right direction. It's a, it's a start. Yeah. Now, Hunter, did you say you also went through episode six and, and had a couple of I was starting to. I didn't finish I didn't finish going through it, but I did have one uh one point that I thought was really funny in there. Well, no not not funny as much as just I heavily disagreed with it. And this one <clears throat> I'm not sure if Cass still agrees with this or not. But I thought it was really ridiculous when I listened to it. So I'm gonna get your opinion now, Cass, and if you still think this. You said that you think that the frenzy is in a really bad spot because it's a god awful weapon on any round that's not pistol, and so you think that it should be significantly buffed and cost six hundred fifty credits. Do you do you still believe? <laughs> do you still believe that? Because that is so dumb. <laughs> <laughs> I still don't think it's a great round outside of pistol or a great gun outside of pistol round. Really, like, really, really. It is yeah. not a gun I will ever purchase outside a pistol. And with the slight caveat being, if someone on my team has 450 credits during OT and I'm buying an op, I might ask them to, to buy that for me instead of a shorty. Um, but no, I still don't think it's a good gun outside a pistol. That's, that's well, insane. Okay, the question, the question of what it, is the good gun outside of pistol is like part one of that. And part two is... Do you think it should be significantly buffed and cost 650 at all times? Uh, that, I don't know. I would have okay. to go back into the mindset that I had then, which I'm not exactly No, 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 no. no. I'm asking what your mindset is now. What, yeah. what do you think oh, now? I, I'm, trying, yeah. like, I'm trying to think of what arguments that I would have created for it back then. Is what well, I'm saying. saying it, buff it, but then, you know, if it's really yeah. buffed, it needs to have a price nerf bigger price tag wait but that doesn't it, that's just like two opposite direction things you know but like i understand oh, okay i think the rationale think of it point was that like the gun is only relevant in pistol rounds so by both increasing price and buffing it you make it a choice on pistol rounds where you're going to choose it even despite its cost because it's so good and then it's more viable in non-pistol rounds I, so like i, I see I, what Cass is saying i just think I, that the frenzy is a pretty decent gun for saves. I often buy uh, the frenzy on a save. I, I think I could stand by that take I made then. Yeah. I think they could buff it and increase the price. Uh, okay, we, we might have the to frenzy. put a poll in, in Discord about this, because we didn't have the Discord back in episode 6, so <laughs> we might have to put a poll. Do you think the frenzy is in a good position, or should it be changed like Castle's suggestion? I don't, the frenzy, I think, is in a great position, because it's cheap, and yeah. when you when it comes to a I can't buy shit this round. We got a save round. The frenzy is what I'm going for. Even if I can afford up to like a, a sheriff, I fucking suck with the sheriff. But I think the frenzy is what you're going to most likely get the most value out of. Um, and, and like I can take a close range duel with somebody and I have the best chance of receiving their weapon from this duel. Hey, whoa, 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 whoa. Shorty. Yeah, but this really limits you so much in how you can actually like play. Like, yeah, what angles you can hold. 
the not in the same way as the shorty. No, it's not as Absolutely restrictive. Not. It's also not as good up close as the shorty is. No, but it, I think sure. that the area under the curve is a lot larger with the frenzy. And while I have been picking up shorty plays a little bit more recently because I've been like kind of recognizing its usefulness, <laughs> been oh, yeah, a yeah. degenerate uh, maybe a little bit, but um, I've been recognizing how useful the shorty is in certain circumstances. But I think that the frenzy is still a better option against a full buy because you I, it gives me the best opportunity to receive their fucking vandal. I okay, like I I see what you're saying. If like you're taking a duel with a sheriff, it might be out of the range in which you can collect that gun. But also like if I, if I have the money to buy a sheriff or a marshal. I'm buying Sheriff or Marshall. Typically depends on attack versus defense. Not only that, but I think um, that Op and Vandal are better at that range than the Sheriff and Marshall. And so you're just... you're, But, like, by a significant yeah. margin. Especially when the Sheriff does 145. Sure. But... You're on a save. Of course you're going to be at a disadvantage. No, of course. I'm just saying that, like, a... A, a frenzy puts me in a scenario where I could catch them off guard a little bit more, similar to a shorty. I okay, like it, it's not that I don't see where you're coming from. It's just that I feel like it's not worth the four hundred and fifty credits for how much value over I a classic. To... Well, yeah, it's like I'd rather like I okay. So the the way that I see it is there are a couple scenarios, right? Number one is. If I buy something this round, I am giving up some, like, I'm potentially giving up some util that I might have for the following round when we're going into our quote-unquote full buy. It's like, you know, as Jet, maybe I won't have both smokes or maybe I won't have both updrafts, whatever it may be. I'm giving up something to purchase something right now. Um, And in that case, I feel like 450 is kind of like, it's at the price point where that's like, that's a smoke. Like that's two smokes or like that's a smoke and an updraft is like, would I rather have those the next round or do I want to spend the 450 credits on this? Or in the alternate scenario, it's like, well, I have the money to spend and I'm going to be able to full buy next round, no matter what with max utility. It's like, well, I'd rather get like, if I've got the excess of money, it's like, say it's somebody else on my team, or like there are three other people on my team that like are really low on money, and they're like, yo, like we we really got to save here. Um, at the point where it doesn't make sense for me to be like, yo, like let's force up here. Um, and then at that point, it's like, well, I might as well get the sheriff. Like I might as well get a sheriff or a marshal or something like that. It's, or on the flip side, it's like I might as well buy nothing if I'm the one who's low on money. I might as well buy nothing and go into next round with full utility. I feel like the 450 price point is is a bit awkward. Um, Do you think a 650 price point would be better then? No, I'm saying I think that if you increase the cost of the gun but made the gun more effective during not pistol rounds, then you're more like – the reason why I'm buying a, like a, a martial or sheriff is – there's a really good chance I can put myself into a scenario in where I could win this. 
but you're still going to be at a disadvantage. And via yes, you are going to be at a disadvantage via the argument you were just saying. That's giving up even more utility the next round to put yourself in still a disadvantageous position. But one of them is like one of like there. It's like the confidence thing, right? Do you think you're going to hit that headshot? Like, do I think I'm going to get a kill with the marshal right now? Because if I don't think that I'm going to be able to hit this shot, then it makes sense for me to save my money. Whereas if I'm feeling good and I'm like, you know what? If one of them swings this angle caves right now, I am head tapping. Like, I will head tap this motherfucker. And I will win this duel. That's never how you're going to have to play with a marshal or with a, with a frenzy. But, like, when you're playing, like, when I yeah, buy a frenzy, exactly. it's like, I'm always. You're not going I'm, for that ego peak one tap. That's not how you will ever be able, even if it was buffed, play with a frenzy. Yeah. Yeah, unless it was buffed like, to be a full auto sheriff, which would be just horrible. Right, but, like, yeah. I feel like you're you're in a position with the frenzy in which, like, against the full buy, it's like, I need, I need you to not clear me for me to get this kill. And so long as you're not going to clear me, I could probably get the kill with the classic. I think you have a little, you have more leeway. You have more leeway there. The the big strength of the frenzy versus the classic is in medium range. Because obviously at extremely close range, the classic has a built-in shotgun. Where, you know, the classic is going to at least equal or outperform, depending on how good you are, the classic, the frenzy. But the significant thing is the ability to mow down someone at medium range while either run and gutting or like jiggle peeking. Or, you know, just straight up, you're shooting at the back of their head. They're not looking at you for whatever reason while being able to see you and you can kill them quickly. You hear someone really shine. You hear someone reloading around this angle that you're standing next to. And you're like, I'm going to peek this angle. Now, if you have a classic or you have a shorty, that's not guaranteed. You don't know how far away they are from that angle. Like exactly. And if you miss a shot there, like you're fucked. But if you hear like a reload sound and you swing that angle with a frenzy, you're probably getting the kill. Yeah. I don't know, I just feel like it's, that's, I feel like that's equally as situational as buying a fucking shorty. Well, but the thing is, it it performs pretty similarly to a shorty or a classic at close range. It's just that the classic, if you really time your right clicks right, obviously can just one tap. But like, you're dependent on RNG and also you being very patient with your shots, some combination of that. It's not like the frenzy is bad at close range. It's just that the, the classic and shorty have more upside if you give them perfectly ideal conditions which should be the case i think because you know yeah. there's well, differentiation you, you between guns that. yeah yeah yeah. Okay. yeah i don't think that's a, a, a bad thing no it, it's just i don't know and like again this might have to do with the difference between yours and my style of play but i feel like i've got a better shot at winning this gunfight by by taking what should be a 50-50 aim duel and, like, you know, jiggle-peaking an angle and just tapping with a sheriff at them. Um, and either I hit the shot or I don't. Or, like, similar thing with a marshal, right? And, like, obviously, with those two guns, you're you're going to be playing very close to cover that you can kind of, like, quickly swing in and out behind of. Or when I'm playing Jet or Chamber, I have my tp or dash available and then i can stand a bit wider but you're i feel like you're you're going for you're going for a gunfight in which 
it's unlikely that you insta-dome me and I'm dead. And I can take a shot and retreat and maybe go back to site and hold a different angle. Or I can jiggle back out and take another shot. It's like, I feel like... And like same thing with a shorty, right? I feel like when you're on a save, I want the guns that I can just outright kill. No questions asked. And I feel like a, sh- a shorty provides that. Up close, somebody swings into you and you're standing two feet away from them. And you just go blam, blam with the shorty. Get the kill and you pick up the gun because it's right at your feet. It's like... And then same thing with the 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 sheriff or the marshal. I, I want something that in the right scenario, can instantly kill someone. And I feel like the Frenzy can't do that. And the Frenzy is more of a... It's kind of like buying a Spectre in round two. Is it better? Is it better at a variety of things? Sure. But it's not incredibly good at anything besides running and gunning. Um, do you, and not, that, do you not approve of the Spectre in round two buy? Like, do you think that's a I, bad buy? I personally—it's not that I don't approve of it. It's that, like I personally don't do it very often. I'm either going Marshall round two, like the the only time that I buy a Spectre anymore is on attack as Jet when I'm dashing in and there's a good chance I'm dying and not coming out of this round alive. Um, is when I buy a Spectre because otherwise I'm gonna go rifle light. Rifle full if I can afford it, which requires me to pop off and pistol and get bomb plant, so unlikely. Um, or I'm going Marshall on defense. Yeah, I mean, I just think it's un like you you can't include Marshall. You keep saying like sheriff or Marshall, but Marshall yeah. is like a whole other story, right? Marshall's like yeah. a save gun, but this is not a pistol save. Like the Marshall isn't a pistol, right? So, yeah, right. And it costs 150 more credits than the sheriff does. So, like, no, like grouping I'm those saying, two together think, is not a part of this argument. Okay, but I'm saying I think that the the frenzy is fine in pistol round. I like it in pistol round, and I buy it on attack as jet and pistol. I think it's, and sometimes I buy it on attack as chamber and pistol. Like, I, I think it's a really good gun in pistol round. I just don't think it has a good place outside of pistol round. And I would say the same thing for the ghost. I think the ghost is a, I personally don't like it. But I think it has its place in pistol round. I feel like it doesn't have its place outside of that. I mean, absolutely fair with the ghost. I think that your ghost argument here is 100% fair. I don't think it needs necessarily a place outside of pistol round because there's so many yeah. other fucking guns in the game. But like, I think the ghost fits more into this whole argument that you're talking about more so than the frenzy does. Because I think the frenzy against a full buy is more likely going to get me a kill than the ghost is. Yeah. It's just like, it's not something that I'm ever buying on a save. And like, am I going to criticize somebody else for doing it? Not necessarily, but like there are oftentimes when I see people buying like a frenzy or a ghost round two after you lose pistol. And I'm just like, dude, like, what are you going to do with that? I mean, I see the frenzy. I mean, I, I see it. I the ghost. The ghost? Nah, not really the ghost. No, <clears throat> I I I probably would not buy ghost round two if I lo- if I lost and I have enough to buy a pistol, I'd buy the frenzy. 
Yeah, it's for me, I, I would tend to lean towards the frenzy if I'm playing like an aggressive duelist on attack, and I'd lean towards the ghost if I was on defense. I've been using the ghost a lot more than I used to. I'll be the, honest. The I'm ghost is ghost convert. Yeah, the ghost is my favorite gun on uh on defense pistol. Like always buying a ghost defense pistol. Um Mostly because I, I like fair. I like the idea of being able to kill multiple opponents more so than the frenzy where you have to reload um, after killing one to maybe two if you're really lucky. Um, and the ghost, obviously, one taps to the head and pistol, so dope. D-nice. Yeah, I mean, I think we can uh, we can fast forward a little bit here in uh, in episodes and go to uh, go to Cass's next clip that he sent me, uh, which is from episode 24. Now, Cass, yeah. is there any context you wanted to lay out here? Um, no, I don't really think this clip needs context. I think it's kind of built in. Yeah, I mean, you did say this is a bit of a longer one. You said around three minutes, so. Um... Yeah, like, if you were to listen to it through in its entirety, which, like, I really don't think we need to do. Like, the reason why I selected this clip has less to do with the the actual content of what's being said. I don't know, just run it through, and then, like, at some point, like, I'll wave you off if necessary. Sounds good. Here we go. It is at this point in time that I would like to ask Hunter in the post-editing to include sound, or sad bagpipe sounds. <laughs> all right, because all right, okay. They'll be playing along with you talking right now. Yeah, we need to, uh, we need to wave goodbye to a very important character in the Valorant cast whose time has unfortunately come uh, you're such end. a fucking drama queen holy shit <laughs> I'll think so. honestly yeah you can just wave that was what I wanted to. yeah Cassa did you ever actually hear that since you don't listen to the episodes had you heard like the final version with the bagpipes I'd been told that the bagpipes were included, uh, but I, I don't think I had ever heard it with bagpipes. I had definitely oh, heard it when when I posted the episode because I I go through to like try to find what the fuck we talked about for the descriptions. But the yeah. bagpipes were amazing. Yeah, <laughs> I, I mostly wanted to include this because I thought the bagpipes were incredible. <laughs> oh man! Okay, I'm so but glad I will to say. I feel like it fits in with Hunter's idea of like bad takes because I have gone back to playing a lot of chat. <laughs> and she hasn't disappeared from the pro meta either. She's definitely been taking a huge hit, but she hasn't vanished. No, not at all. And I like, you know, that's a good thing because the whole point was to try to get Jet not like everywhere. Like every map must pick, you know? So. Okay, I will say though, there were definitely like two pro tournaments after this jet nerf in which you saw like no jet now again this was also pre-chamber nerf so it was just kind of like there's chamber fucking everywhere um but yeah i don't know i i feel like it was more about the fact that and like i did acknowledge this later on had the clip like fully run through but like obviously jet is not as good as she was before um and I like where Jet currently sits. There are a couple changes that I would like ideally 
now that we've gone through the full hindsight of everything. Yeah. Um, I'd like them to undo some of the previous nerfs in which they tried to touch the rest of her kit and not alter the dash. Um, right, right. Like, I, I think at this point you could, you could undo some of those. Uh, I think if you have a dash when you're ulted, it should function as before. I think you should just, like, when you're in alt, you have a dash, I think you should just be able to hit it whenever the fuck you want. Um, I feel like that, that some people would hate that because they, they're so used to activating it and then dashing that yeah, they would dash too you'd, quickly. You'd get over that in a week. Yeah, you, you get over it pretty quickly, uh, I think. Because you know that that's like a feature of the ult. Yeah, I feel, like, I feel like it would be harder for people who either are new to Valorant or are just picking up Jet like after that change. I feel like that'd be rough for them. I think like, you'd for get you, over I don't it, think it'd be an issue. I think you'd get over it in like a week. I don't so know. I don't sense. know about that. Um, but yeah, no, I, I I think Jet sits in a fairly healthy place at the moment. Um, yeah, like I feel like yeah, no, Jet is not. Just not gone. She's just not. I feel like she might not be the poster girl anymore that she once was. Yeah, she was oh, the sure. poster girl, of she Valorant. Was too much for sure. poster girl. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and then Chamber became the poster boy. Yeah, and he still is. Let's be honest. Um, but no, I, I I have relatively equal play time in this act on on Jet and Chamber. Uh so yeah, and like. Yeah, we had sad bagpipe ver- music and everything just to be like, yeah, Jet's dead, dead. <laughs> that was that was your take, at least. <laughs> what? No, yeah. no, no. I literally prefaced the rest of the argument by saying I don't, I don't think this is actually going to. Yeah, I don't, I don't think any of us thought it was, it was fully done. But like, mm-hmm. I mean, there was a lot of sentiment out there that was, oh, Jet's dead now. Yeah. yeah. Um. Now that being said. Give me the fucking right clicks back. <laughs> I, like, I fully think that it is better for the game for her right clicks to not refresh on kill. But I kind of want them to again. Because, <laughs> dude, that was like... Funny. Like, I, I miss seeing those clips of, like, the Korean jet just going in, like... Dashing in, right click, right click, dash behind the third person, left yeah. click that person, swing around, right click another person, left click the fifth one. Like some of them like, probably say a player before anyone knew who say a player was. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like I I loved watching people make the instantaneous correct decision between left click, right click, and I thought that was so cool how like they were correctly identifying which one to use. And switching between them very effectively. It wasn't like they were just running in and right-clicking everybody. Or yeah. they, like, swung a longer angle and just left-clicked five people in a row. It was the the getting into <laughs> multiple different length engagements and correctly choosing to left-click or right-click. Um, which is something that I'm personally very bad at. I kind of have to go in with the mindset that I'm doing one of these two things. Like, when I peek an angle... I'm very much in the mindset of this is right click or this is left click. And I need to consciously be thinking about that. And I loved watching people being able to fluidly transition between the two, which you just can't do anymore. Cause once you right click your alts over. So yeah. Yeah. Still people still use right click and it 
it definitely gets you a kill. Right, like that's they use it when it's like, oh, here's the kill, but then the ult's over, you can pick up that gun, you know. And I think that that's kind of fair, you know, because if in the situation where you want to be right clicking, you know, you're getting a gun out of it. Given there's no other people there, you can effectively be traded without them like flicking on you and right clicking again, and having a big AOE damage area. Like, it makes sense. I think it's way better not to have that in the game. But I do miss the Korean jet clips. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like I, I, I fully understand the logic of it's meant to be a precision alt. We want to give benefit to using it as a precision alt and not as a <laughs> shotgun gober. Um but yeah, I just missed the Korean chat clips. They, they were they were dope. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Also, I, it, I, I had that one really cool ace where I was just spanning right-click jet knives down Haven Sea Long and getting kills with them, which, once again, is the exact like example of broken should not be in the game, but was extremely fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, one of the other things is really funny. Hunter and I went back to a uh, Hunter and I the other day were just like viewing our super old Valorant clips, um, yep. and like in one of the first things I clipped. I was watching back through that clip and I saw three jet smokes come out and I was just like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, That's oh, possible? Wait. I was like, oh wait, that was a thing. <laughs> like, jet had three smokes. Yeah. yeah. Like, jet just dropped instantly, just like smoke, smoke, smoke. I'm like, what the fuck is yeah. this? That's a change uh, that I don't know if they should revert because it does sort of take away a bit from the impact of controllers. So um, I, I don't feel like they should give Jet back a smoke. No, I, I also agree that Jet with two smokes is plenty. There, there are definitely times when I'd like a third smoke, but I find that those are two smokes is, you're right, they often get the job done. And in most scenarios, yeah. it's like, yeah, I'm just going to re-smoke this angle for a couple of seconds because I don't want to deal with it. Yeah, and if you I have a controller a to smoke that off for longer. Yeah, it's like, if, if I had a third smoke, there's a lot of times where I'd just be like, yeah, I'm just going to re-smoke this because I don't want to look at this right now. Um, but I wish they would undo some of the econ nerfs. I feel like those were slightly unnecessary in hindsight. Um... Just increasing the prices for yeah, like like it's a lot or what? Yeah, like both updraft and smoke. Like I mean, smoke used to cost one hundred, updraft used to cost one hundred. They now cost updrafts are one fifty, smokes are two hundo. Smokes can be two hundo. I think updraft going back to a hundred is probably fine. Yeah, no, there's just like a bunch of like there's now a bunch of scenarios where it's like I have to choose between do I want to smoke or an updraft. Because of the price increase, and I've only got 200, and I can't afford both of them. Having Very both tough. things at 100 credits is nuts. Jet was insane. <laughs> yeah. Three smokes, two updrafts, 500 credits. That's yep. fucked. D wild. Yeah, okay, I, I only have... The expensive. The whole kit is, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, more expensive than 500 fucking credits. And I get less of it. Yeah. What the fuck? Wild how that works. <laughs> Alright, I, I got one short clip here from uh, uh, episode 13. Um, we can talk about it for a second. 
I guess you can take back stars. You can recall stars and yeah. shit. Yeah. I forgot you could do that after well, way too good. Just because you play yeah. place a star down doesn't mean it's like, oh, I got to use that one. All right. That's that's the clip, and the uh, the entire point of that is me saying Astro is way too good. Um, I've I we saw an Astra in a game last week, and we were like, "Holy shit, Astra is in this game!" <laughs> yep, yep, yeah, they fucking wrecked Astra. Yeah, which, like you know. I get it. She was really strong in comp or in like professional, I mean, and the kind of dog shit and ranked. But there, there's a couple of things that Astra can do that I would love to have in my games, being someone on my team doing. Right. And the, the two main ones that I can think of are Haven and Pearl. I would love to have an Astra on my team who literally every single round recalls a smoke on A Lobby and B Long on Pearl. Just so you like, can cross, yeah. Or not cross. Yeah. Or not cross. I think that that is so fucking valuable. And it's something that they effectively get to do for free every single round. And I think it's so fucking strong. Because it's something that if I'm pushing A or I'm pushing B long, I will often do with the jet smoke. But that's a bit telling because I can't be there to do that every single round. Right. And occasionally, occasionally I will do it and not push that. Like, occasionally I'll drop that smoke and be like, I'm not actually going here. I'm just going to put that smoke there so that they, you know, they have to worry about it. Um, but that's the only agent in the game that can do that for free and put pressure on those areas of the map. Yeah, I mean, at this point, I don't even remember what the astronauts were. Because I don't even know what Astra's kid is barely at this point. He, he lost a star from five to four, and a lot of her cooldowns were increased. Yeah, her cooldowns were drastically increased. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, later in this episode, we talk a bit about how, um, like, what would be good nurse to Astra. And we were saying uh, the ability not to recall stars, right? Like, does she just need to be permanent in her utility? And uh, I don't know, some somebody was talking about how, you know, you can smoke off with with her kit like you know or or at least put a star at like every main entrance to a site uh and we were like some i think Cass named them off and we were like what the fuck that's only four and he's like yeah and you got one extra for post plant <laughs> and so uh, i guess there's the nerf there there with uh reducing a star but um yeah kind of fucked she was very good yeah but also kind of fucked that you don't, I literally do not see Astra in any game. I, I like I still think Astra's pretty good. Yeah, but how do you make her fun to play? I mean, like I, I do think that that's a, a bigger yeah, challenge, like, yeah. Because if I wanted to play an RTS, I'd play a fucking RTS, not not an <laughs> FPS. Like Ooh. Like I no, if you enjoy playing Astra, power to you. But I don't see how you could have fun sitting in a fucking astral form just being like, uh, I'm going to put this here, and then I'm going to put that over there, and then, like, I might oh, do no. a little sucky suck over here, and then, like, oh, maybe this one will be a smoke. Like, I I, like I want to fucking shoot people. I'm playing an FPS for a reason. 
I mean, I think um, we could say obviously that good Astros don't spend very much time in Astro form. Yeah, they spend more time than I'd like to, though. Yeah, none. But yeah. like, what the <laughs> there's the Omen smoke thing, which is similar-ish. There's the Brim iPad. Yeah. Right. Like, I, I think it's it's not that significant, but like, it can be. It's kind of like Tony sitting his in his cipher cam. Yeah, but like, I also don't play any of those agents for that exact purpose. I think it's boring. Uh, but also, it's the the amount of time that you can spend in that. Now, obviously, Cipher is a bit of an anomaly, and he can spend literally the entire fucking round in his cam if he wanted. Uh, oh, yeah. And nobody shoots it. But, like, with Brim, you drop your three smokes, and then that's it. That's all you got. Now you might as well run onto site with your fucking dick out and shoot some people. Um, there's your FPS aspect. Uh Omen, I guess he's got recharging smokes, but like generally you're dropping one kind of right as the round goes off. Yeah, um, I, I get the point you with Astro. Use one more reactively, and then you're waiting for like 30 seconds for your other. Like, it's just like, it feels like Astra has too many toys. And then you're always trying to play with those toys, and you're not actually playing the fucking game. That's how I feel in the bedroom sometimes. <laughs> yeah you're just overwhelmed by the amount of uh possibilities you're like dang this is just over i, I don't know what to do I <laughs> that was great. some uh, analysis paralysis there for you next Chase. year next year i might have to go back and, and clip that <laughs> oh man yeah but i i agree yeah with, with astro you have a bit more time like you know, you're you're always fucking around with stuff. Even if like actually deploying or recalling stars, or like you know deploying smokes sucks, concuss is not in astral form. It, you just do it like KJ does it. You look at it and hit the F. I guess I don't know. I've never played Astra. Um, yeah, I guess you. No, I think you probably hit the the a different button for what you want it to be. Yeah, that's probably how it, how yeah. it works, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um. But anyway, yeah, there's more time spent, like, during the round, like, just not able to shoot people. And then you're incentivized to play back and use your utility, like, post-plant and stuff and not otherwise kill people. Yeah. Um, I'm no, I'm not one to, like, can. really complain about that because, uh, as, like, as we were just talking about Tony, he calls me uh, Chase Play for Old Robinson, so... <laughs> <laughs> That's uh that's me play for ult. <laughs> yep. Yeah. All right. I mean that that kind of wraps that up. Uh Hunter, did you have any more points that you uh you'd written down there? Uh no, not really. Uh, that was fun to take that little trip down memory lane. Mm -hmm. It was. Yeah. I mean it it's weird listening back to, to some of these podcasts. I'm like, shit, we've we've put out a lot of content over the last year. That's like a few hours yeah. of content per week. For yeah, a fucking I, hadn't, year. I hadn't thought about just how many 52 was until I was like scrolling back through and I was like, God damn. It's kind of a That's daunting task for anyone who finds the podcast and is like, oh. Yeah. Not nah, dude. Like, okay. As someone who outpaces content creation, that's great. Now, like, I, I wish I could get into like Twitch streamers because 
the same amount yeah. of time it takes for them to create content is the exact same amount of time it takes me to consume said content. That's a nice one-to-one ratio right there. But, like, I read a bunch of web comics and, like, manga and stuff. And the other day, I found a, I found a new, new web comic I liked reading. I went through three years of the author drawing and writing this in two days. Oh, no. Like. Tragic. That's absurd. And, like, it's just, like, it, so many things like that. Like, I, I also, like, I don't watch a ton of anime anymore, but I used to. And, like, you just outpace content production. And I think that the good thing about podcasts is you can't. I mean, obviously, we put out one episode a week, but, like... If you're caught up, you can easily outpace it, but, like... Yeah, yeah, if you're caught up, you can outpace it, but, like, it's not super quick for you to catch up. Um, Which I think is I think is great when you're coming across something. I mean, like, technically, I the... in two days, you could yeah. get pretty close if you just didn't stop listening. Okay, but, yeah. like, I'm saying... You just made I... the soundtrack to your life. Yeah. And <laughs> At least, I personally don't find it daunting. Like, when I come across something, and there's, like, uh, people always talk about that with One Piece. Like, oh my god, there's, like, a thousand episodes, like, I could never get into that. Like, I don't find that daunting. I love when I come across something, and there's that much content for me to consume. Yeah, because at the beginning, then you're like, oh shit, like, if I actually like this, I have so much to consume. It's like, I have so much that's ready to go available. Like, just right there. Um, I mean, is it a little bit tough to compare us to One Piece? Yes. Yes. Uh, Not that I've seen a single episode (laughs) of One Piece, but uh, this is all assuming that people actually want to consume our content, which is a pretty big assumption, if you ask me. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, in other news, um, Hunter brought this to my attention, but uh, as of yesterday, there were some, there's some PBE mistakes. PBE machines uh, that might be dropping uh, very soon when you listen to this podcast. Yeah, exactly. And you've probably heard about uh, Who? Me? Or you? Well, I mean, the, the people that oh, are oh, listening. Oh, the people listening. Yeah. yeah, okay. So, basically, there's some fade changes. There's some cipher changes. Um, let's start with cipher. Hunter, you want to run us through those? Or... Yeah, we'll see We'll see how well I can remember them because I don't have them pulled up. This is going to be a memory yeah. test. So the first of them is that his tripwire uh, now, has now increased by 50% the max length that it can be, which you know adds a lot more flexibility in, in terms of trip setups, makes it less like, oh, you can learn where all the, all the good cipher trips are. Uh, so that's, that's the first thing. His cages did not receive any change as far as I'm aware. Uh, nor did his camera. Uh, well, there's one cha- there's one sort of global change that affected his camera, which we'll get to. Uh, but the biggest changes were to his ultimate. First of all, his ultimate costs one less point down from seven to six. Does it? I didn't see that. Oh, maybe. Wait, I, what? I, as Cypher, as I, Cypher, Cypher, Cypher Salt always costed six. I think it's. I don't think there's any changes. As soon to as I matter. said it, yeah. yeah, I'm going off of memory. Yeah, uh, okay. I'm doing this differently. Yeah, yeah. I think I think you're right. I got confused with something else, which I won't spoil. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so Cypher's alt. Now there's no time restriction on a body to use to cast the alt, which seems like a well overdue change because you already had already having to 
use it on a corpse that's in your proximity. Limited when you could use the alt so much that now, you know, that having the time restriction as well just made it very difficult to ever get off. And, you know, thankfully that they've, they've removed that. In addition, now it will ping the enemies twice with four seconds in between the pings. So if you really, before we talked about how it's very easy to just like run in a different direction for a split second to fool the cipher reveal. Um, and now you can still do that, but it's going to take significantly more time and effort to be able to really, you know, stop everything you're doing for four seconds. Yeah, four seconds is a long time. Yeah, in a round of Valorant, absolutely. Um, and in addition uh, to that, one of they made a massive quality of life change as well, where the yellow outline for revealing an enemy with either the Cypher Cam or the Cypher Ult is now more subtle. And if you are physically looking at the enemy, whether that's you or someone else on your team, you will, if they're on your screen at all, you will no longer see the yellow outline, which is massive because like a lot of people have said for a long time that it's really tough when you see the enemy overlaid with the cipher reveal of them because that, that yellow silhouette was so bright that it really made it difficult to tell what was the enemy and what was the silhouette from them being revealed. So uh, those are all very positive. Now, now I'm looking it up to see what I missed. If yeah, you, you did uh, miss the uh, the ult is slightly, like, has a slightly larger range. I think another, like, right, 50% right. increase in the yep. range in which it can be cast distance to the corpse. So, like, you yep. can yes. cast them a little bit further away. You don't have to be right up next to the uh, next to the corpse anymore. You also yes. missed uh, your own team's util can't break your, your break your utility. Yeah, so no more, you know, having your own rays accidentally made your tripwires. Yeah, and the cams. Is that what you're talking about with the cam quality of life change? Or were you talking about the mm -hmm. uh, the slightly decreased yellow outline? Oh, oh, yeah, no, I was talking about the yellow thing. But yeah, yeah that, that, could, that could qualify as a similar kind of deal. Yeah, I mean, I definitely get, like, confused to, to like, sometimes when uh, you know, there's too much shit going on when the cipher pings and then they peek me. Of like, oh, there's oh, yeah. an outline of them over here on the wall, and then they're peeking me here, and I'm looking at two different things. Right, the yellow really draws your eye. Yeah. I, I feel like it's the most annoying when somebody's fighting me from behind the yellow thing. And it's oh, like, yeah. well, where the fuck is your head? I can't right, see your right. head because there's a fucking yellow outline in my goddamn way. I wish Cypher just hadn't ulted. Um, and, like, now that won't be a thing. Now Cypher ult is just always going to be like, hey, he ulted. Wee. Um, That's nice. The ult changes are huge yeah. because it was a fucking dog shit ult. I like, it really okay. was. I, I, I'm glad that these are the changes that they went with because I'm pretty sure, I don't know, may, maybe this might have been on the podcast that you weren't around for, Chase, when Hunter and I talked about uh, Cypher's Alt. And I said, I think it would be disgustingly broken if you could just rip it whenever. Like, if yeah. you didn't need the corpse. Yeah. You might not have been on that podcast. Um, yeah, because then off the start of the round, you could see exactly where people are kind of deal like that. Yeah. Yeah, like so yeah, give you like infinite map control basically. Once you see yeah. that, I I think it's great that they kept the corpse requirement and just made it easier to get that like get that requirement yeah. out of the way. Um, so it's nice that like, and I feel like the ability to use it on any corpse without it being fresh, quote unquote, was definitely the right call. Um. I don't know how far away the range actually is 
Like, do you need line of sight? I assume you need I, line of sight because you needed no, line of sight before, and they didn't yeah, make you removing that requirement. So, so like, yeah. Like, I, I don't know how much the increased range is actually going to make a difference, and I don't play Cypher, so I can't really speak on how much of a quality of life increase that is, or whether that's, like, a significant buff, or it just makes it a bit easier. I, I don't really know. Um, but I, I think the biggest thing here is the tripwire length increase. Yeah, that's bigger bigger massive. gaps. That's huge. I, I, I feel like the big thing is there's so many more options now um, in yeah. how you can set up. Now, I, I would have liked to have seen them take it in a slightly different route. I feel like it would have been good if you could... Okay, so basically when you when you pull out Cypher's tripwires, I believe there is C ability. Right? When you hit C, he pulls the, the thing out and he flicks it around his fingers or whatever. Um... I think it should have the option, which is what's currently in the game, is you left-click it, and it sets up um, as is. I also think it'd be nice if you could have the option to right-click it, and, like, you pick that point, and then you can just pick another point and right-click that point, and then that's where the tripwire goes to. Um, I think that would give you a lot more variability in where and how you can set up your tripwires, which I think are were the biggest things lacking in Cypher's kit. But, oh, because now it has to be, like, per- perpendicular to the surface you're sticking it on. And you're suggesting yeah, changing that, basically. Right, and I'm saying there, yeah. are some, there are some shenanigans that people have come up with that enable you to get, like, diagonal ones or whatever. But I think that you should just be able to do that on demand. Um, I think yeah, I'd be more... perfectly fine with that. I don't, I don't see an issue with that. And now, I personally fucking hate playing against Cypher. I think he's one of the more annoying agents to play against. But I think that him having the like the most variability in where and how he can set his traps up is better. And I think that the increase in length gives him more variability, and I think that's good. Yeah, now, yeah. the one thing they didn't touch was the cages. And uh, in the Discord... Jack Sakai brought this up and uh, they're saying they're disappointed in the, uh, in the changes because it didn't touch cypher cages. Do you guys think something should have been done to cypher cages? I wouldn't mind them having that slowing effect. Um, now something kind of like a Harbor wall going through that kind of deal. Well, it, they used to just slow when you were inside the cage the same way a Sage slow would. And then they took yeah. that out because they thought it had too much overlap with Sage, another Sentinel. Um, yep. yep. But one of the other suggestions that I heard somebody tossing around is when you walk into Cypher's cage, you see Cypher's silhouette kind of on the cage around you. Or like an image of Cypher. What? Do you not? I thought you did. I don't Do see you? a lot of ciphers in my games. I thought I think when you walk into a cipher cage and that noise goes off, it like flashes with like cipher's face. It do- I'm not saying that that doesn't happen. But if it does happen, I've never, I've never that. noticed yeah. that. Yeah. Right, right. I kind of I kind of think that it does. There's some mechanic Maybe. which causes cipher's face to flash on his cages 
in some way. And I thought it just happened when you walked in. But like I said, I don't play against a lot of ciphers, so I don't really know. Um, but I, I kind of remember that being a thing. Now, at any rate, one of the things that I, I thought they could do to his changes is uh, when you're outside the cipher's cage and the cipher is looking at his cage, if it just popped up with the face of whatever agent had walked into there, it would be nice to know. Like, you get the audio cue that somebody's walking into your cage, and now you can look at it and be like, oh, that's the Neon that just walked into that. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I feel like that's good info. It is good info. Nice to know. Yeah. It's not It's not broken. No, because you just don't walk into the cage, and then they already know you walked into the cage. Yeah, they already know that somebody walked into the cage. I just think it'd be cool if they could know who walked into the cage. Um, it's, like, very situational info. Yeah. But, yeah, it's funny that you mentioned that because I was also thinking of a buff that involves info for the cage, which is that once you step into the cage, you have a certain amount of time. Maybe it's half a second. Maybe it's one second. Maybe it's one and a half seconds. I think somewhere in that range. And if you stay in the cage a certain amount of time, you get pinged. Like a, like a ping as if it was an alt ping, like a single ping rather than a continuous one. So that basically you can't hang out in cipher cages. You have to de- you have to decide: Am I backing out or am I pushing through? I mean, cipher like what setups are a huge deal, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't. Know, I think it would be dumb to take that aspect out of the game, where you have like the tripwire inside of the cage, so that it pings them and you can shoot through it. Obviously, the the tripwire like requires them to be stationary for at least another second to shoot it, but like. Having the ping in the cage just seems wild. Like, that just seems like a free kill if they stay in there for a moment too long. Yeah, but I don't feel like that. So I agree that it seems wild, but I don't know that it seems busted because, you know. Sage sage slow cypher cage lineup. Yeah, but there are a lot of other worse lineups than that. I mean, sage Mm. slow plus raise nade is much brutaler than that would be. Possibly. Or fade suck plus raise nade. <laughs> like right, raise nade right. just is in a lot of these combos. You could you could use a different agent's molly as well for some of these. Um, Grim molly plus sage plus uh, uh, astra suck. Okay, but as somebody pointed out, and this is somebody who has on Reddit the the cipher icon next to their name, so clearly they made cipher. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's a trusted source right there. Someone yeah, who has the cipher basically, flare. <laughs> basically, they're saying that uh, fifteen meters. Enables them to hide trap wires behind most entrance walls now. Oh, that is that is nice. Which is oh, huge. That is huge. And is a ginormous fucking pain in the ass to push into. Because there are a couple, like, there are already a couple of them that exist and are really fucking annoying. Because I'm looking at it and I'm like, I can't break this unless I walk into it. Right. Like I have to walk into it and then break it. Um, and if he's able to set those up behind most of the choke point entrances, that's kind like, of brutal. Holy shit. I mean, it obviously depends on map yeah. geometry. Yeah, that's yeah. that's a stealth buff to Yoru because the decoy breaking those is going to be that much more valuable. Yeah, like, like, I'm joking, but not really. <laughs> No, also, like, God, I loved when, um, like, when you're, like, pushing B Ascent and 
Fiora on your team just sends his fucking decoy down highway. Oh, yeah. And, like, the Killjoy just pops all our shit. It's like, mm-hmm. cool. Um, yeah, things things that can break Traver's zip wires are, are great, and the fact that Jet Dash isn't one of them is disappointing. And my day is ruined. I mean, it, uh, it, it was that way for a while, and they were like, this is way too busted. Why, why is this a thing? Yeah, I agree. Like, I get it. It shouldn't, but, like, it was nice when it did. Oh, I'm sure, I'm sure. I'm picking up what you're putting down. Yeah. It's like, dude, dashing into ciphered fucking tripwires sucks so much dicks. Um, oh, yeah. Although you can still slingshot time. with it in some cases. Yeah, you, you, okay, you, need to, yeah. you need to get better at that, Cass. Okay, I, like, <laughs> I really, I have yet to run into a situation where there's a cipher on the enemy team, and I can properly, like, calm this with my teammates, but I really want to try the uh, the slingshot. Oh, yeah. Um, if you guys don't know what that is, it's, you can, as Jet, uh, you can intentionally run in to Cypher's tripwire. You can dash backwards, and then the tripwire is going to bring you back to that initial position that you were at. And then you wait for the tripwire to start to bring you back, and then somebody shoots the tripwire to break it. And what happens is you maintain all your forward momentum that that tripwire was bringing you back to the original position with. And it enables you to just fly forward. It's basically like you got a raised double blast pack. Um, That's dope. And it, it's really fucking cool. I've seen oh, clips Were you not aware of this, Chase? I mean, I kind of knew that it happened, but like I have yet to see it in one of my games. Yeah, like I, yeah, really, I don't know that I've seen it either. I really I've seen clips. Touch, yeah, I've seen clips of it. I really want to try it, but I just haven't run into a cipher on the enemy team known where a tripwire is so that I can intentionally run into it and dash backwards and then also be able to be like, yo, I need you to shoot this at the right time so I can fling myself somewhere. Um, but it'd be really cool if that did happen. So hopefully this cipher buff incentivizes, well, actually, I really hope it doesn't incentivize anybody to play more cipher. Um, but maybe you can slingshot. But maybe I could do that. Like that's like the silver lining is maybe I can do a slingshot play. All right, fade. Okay. Fade uh... you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, Andre, I don't know if you know, but is that because I know that's a big thing in the in the hockey subreddit. No, no, I'm not. I oh, was okay. not making a reference oh, to the hockey. Got subreddit. it. Okay. So when you uh. When your team gets eliminated from playoffs, um, your flare gets faded. Oh, I see. I see. Eliminated. Okay. So, like, people in, like, after their team gets eliminated in the comments section will just be like, I'm ready, fade me. Like, fade me, bro. Like, <laughs> or they'll know. probably say that even before the game is over. If it's oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It's like you're going into game seven and people will just be like, just fade me already. Like, <laughs> we're not winning. That's this. fun. Yeah. Uh, Okay, I don't I don't know the numbers on the fade changes. Uh, oh, here we go. Okay, I pulled up a little video because I couldn't find the actual patch notes. Um, I mean, I have Prowler, the patch notes right in front of me. <laughs> no, Prowler duration is down to 2.5 seconds from 3 seconds. Let's um, go. This is without that, it being trailed. Yes. Or on uh, a trail, yeah. Yeah, okay. Very important to show is, or well, for a good... 
frame of reference for what 3 to 2.5 does is Fade Prowler used to be able to clear Octagon from B-Long on Bind with the 3 seconds. Used to be able to clear all the way up long into Octagon. It can no longer clear Octagon. From being hidden B-Long, you have to be pushed up. From being hidden B-Long, you have to push up B-Long to get it to clear that. Is like a good frame of reference for how long that time difference is. Um, Hunter, you said you've got the patch notes? Yep. So yeah, it's reduced from 3 to 2.5 seconds. Uh, delay on bite after reaching target increased 0.4 to 0.6 seconds. That one seems like an incredibly minor change. Because that's only... Uh, that only Not necessarily when combined with a future thing in this patch note. Okay, okay. <laughs> Building a little suspense there, Chase. I like it. Uh, hitbox improvements, which Cass was very happy to see. I haven't really had a problem with Prowler hitboxes, but Cass with the op feels like he has. Uh, near sight duration on hit reduced 3.5 to 2.75 seconds. Which that that's is that's a significant reduction in the amount of time that you're blinded from yeah, the Prowler. 0.7 seconds more time where you can see in a round when you've been hit by a Fade Prowler. Pretty cool. Yeah, pretty nice. And and then this one also kind of situational. Prowlers now fizzle out and no longer debuff instead of debuffing its target if they teleported away before it finishes animation. That's the one that I was so that saying one's... is combined oh. with the previous one is that the animation now lasts longer. And if you teleport away within that time, i.e. chamber, then you no longer get blinded after you teleport. Yeah, um, that's that really Hunter, is a, a okay. chamber versus fade buff. talked about this yeah. the other night um, when, when these patch notes first dropped. And I was saying, as chamber, largely irrelevant. If I'm holding an angle and I'm like, ah, whatever, like if the prowler hits or like if they don't swing before the prowler hits me, so be it. And I'm kind of hoping that they do swing me before the prowler actually hits me um, and I can take that off shot and then TP out. If I end up in my TP location and I'm blinded for a couple of seconds, like nine, 99 out of 100 times, not a big fucking deal. Like, no, you say now, that. Okay, but it's usually in my personal experience when that does happen, it's just like, ah, whatever, okay, I'm blinded. Um, I think it is much more relevant for Yoru. Because Yoru TPs in versus a chamber TPing out. And I think that you can kind of push up and, like, there'd probably be times when Yoru was going to be like, oh, I'm going to TP into sight and get past this prowler, but it hits them anyway, and then they show up at their TP location, which is now in sight or back sight, fully blinded when they think that they shouldn't have been, and then just get fucking sprayed down. Um, I think it is way more relevant for Yoru or maybe Omen, than it is for Chamber. No, I see that, but with Chamber, showing up at the location blinded sucks for a couple of reasons. Now, I don't play Chamber, but one, that's three-ish seconds that you cannot be moving forward. Like, you're now blind at this other location, whereas if you teleport out, and you can see immediately, you can immediately then re-aggress and peak an angle. But three seconds allows them to take a lot of space 
from where that you just uh, teleported away from. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times your teleports, depending on like where and what site you're playing, um, like your teleport back might not be that much further back than your forward one. And so someone might be able to peek you within those three and a half seconds if they'd already gained the space that you just gave up by teleporting out. Like, yes, it's nice. I don't think it's as relevant as the chamber, as the Yoru or, or Omen TPs. I think it's relevant um, because it's a lot more common. Yeah, I was, I, I was thinking, I was thinking that as well as Chase was saying it. The fact that like, if you're on defense's chamber and you're holding an angle, like your ability to see a fade prowler coming towards you, and then take that peek expecting someone's going to push you while that's happening, that's going to happen a lot more often than Yoru being ready to TP into a site and him being the first one, like the one getting hit by the Prowler, because if he's going to TP in, he's most likely not like peeking at that time. And then, you know, TPing in while the Prowler's animation is going. So like, while I agree that the impact would be way worse for a Yoru player who's TPing into a site and now that's removed... I think that the interaction will, like Chase is saying, more commonly affect chamber players. Even if the even if the debuff of them, even if the you know consequence of the debuff of them being uh, chomped <laughs> is less severe. So it, it's uh, kind of tough, depending on which way you want to look at it. Like, yeah, you look at it either way. I think that's yeah. It's saying that it's more yes, it it's more relevant to a Yoru or an Omen or whatever, but the amount of times in which it happens makes the less relevant one like more important maybe but like i don't know like being the person who does play the chamber here there's like nine out of ten times it's like dude like if i get hit by this whatever you know it's like i'm holding this angle accepting that i am probably going to get hit by this prowler no but think about this as a nerf to fade how much better will it now be that you can then take another angle further back within those seconds and still catch people coming onto site or trying to aggress off of that prowler? Yeah, maybe. Right? That is uh, a that is a nerf to the team which threw the prowler at you. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I, I see what you're saying. I just I don't know how much of an impact that's actually going to have. It's kind of what I'm getting at. I mean, that now, was three and a half seconds. That's a lot of time. Yeah, like I like I'm trying to think of like scenarios in which I'm peeking from a complementary angle in which you would be able to close that distance. Um the one that comes to mind is A site fracture. If I'm peeking A main and then TPing back to heaven or hell on site, I could see that change being relevant. Um uh what a site on Haven. I'm seeing A site on Haven. No, like if that prowler's clearing me, you're not going to be close enough for like it's not going to be close enough. Like you can't gain you can't gain a long in that amount of time to be on top of me wherever my TP ends up. Like maybe if you had a raised blast pack, like double blast pack lineup, like maybe, but like you're not you're not gaining that you're not gaining all of a long to get to where my TP is. In three in seconds, you can get to the choke point, though, on a long. Yeah, but at that point, you can I'm get to the corner. I can swing you again. Well, you're you're unblinded, but 
they could be around there. Like they're not going to be necessarily peeking from the exact same right hand angle. I don't know if you could gain that distance before, but also like it's more variety, you know. And I, I, I guess, but like oftentimes my TP will take me to CT, in which case, yeah, yeah, because like I'm also thinking about like I'm not just thinking about like where I place my TP for where like I want to back up to, but I'm also thinking about like where can my TP be to increase my rotation speed. Mm-hmm. If they're not coming here. Um, and so, like, I often choose, like, CT as, like, my TP spot. So, like, I can TP to, like, right outside that CT angle or, like, maybe even farther down so that I can help out on B if the B defender starts getting pushed off. So, I, like, I don't know. I'm just, like, I'm trying to think of how many angles that it's, like very relevant for and i just like i can't come up with that many i I do see what you're saying though how like it is a nerf to fate i mean yeah the other one i was thinking of is b log on pearl if you're playing behind screens and tp back to halls yeah but also you can't gain all of be long that quick and also like you can't gain all of it and peak you but the ability for you to peak sooner is more beneficial for you okay sure but okay well there are a couple of things with be long in particular for fade to prowler me she can't prowler me from the safety she has to cross and then get to pillar and if she's going to cross and get to pillar and she's not dead yet i have already tp'd out of my original position True, yeah, that's a big distance, yeah. Like, she has to gain so much distance for that Prowler to be able to clear me to the point where I'm not there anymore because I've taken an off shot and missed and therefore I've TP'd out, or maybe I've gotten a kill and then people flooded in anyway and then I've TP'd out. Like, whatever it may be, I'm no longer there for that Prowler to be able to hit me in the first place. Um, I know, I, like... We'll we'll see when it comes into the game. I I don't think this one's going to be that big of a change. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, it does seem like a direct two-chamber, like, nerf. You know, like, it's it specifically says when teleporting out, and I read that, I was like, okay, well, this is, like, literally just talking about chamber interactions. Yeah, but Omen and York can also teleport. Yeah, I guess. I mean, you guess. Well, Omen, like, this interaction is going to happen the most, like, very, very rarely with Omen. And maybe sometimes with Yoru. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Like, I don't don't play Omen anymore. But, like, if I wanted to get away from a Fade Prowler, I might try to TP away from the angle. And then it catches you anyway, and you didn't go very far, so you're stuck there fucking blind. That sucks. Yeah. Okay, wasn't the cost also increased of the Prowler? Yes, yes. We, we're not done with the changes, even though we're close to done. Um, oh, yeah, I thought there was more than just one. But it's just one. Seven to eight of the old points. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, I meant, so, like, on the Prowler, wasn't cost also increased? I think we skipped that one. Uh, I don't see... I think what you're thinking of, it says in the patch notes, the Nightfall cost is increasing in price. 
which by that they mean alt points for Nightfall, even though it's a little bit weirdly worded. Oh, interesting. I, th- I thought the actual yeah. cost of the Prowler was increased. Um, I did know no, that well, the alt points were, yeah. were increased from 7 to 8. Yeah, and, I think you were confused by the odd wording of the Nightfall cost is increasing in price, which... Just hey, give me a little bit more credit than that. I, I did. I was not confused by that. I was just, I guess I'm making up some extra shit. Hey, well, if you prefer that, then there you go. You are making up some extra shit. I do prefer that. Before we, <laughs> before we get to that, I will say, though, I, I'm very glad they didn't go the lazy man's route and just take a prowler away from her. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. At At this point, yes. I mean, it seems like with the introduction of Harbor, they're going more to, like, you know, one of each agents. But uh, I don't like that. So Yeah, like, I mean, and I think Prowler should get more shit, uh, which he doesn't have. But I don't know. Maybe he'd be broken if he got more shit. So I don't, I don't know what they need to do, but I'd, whatever. Um, yeah, I feel like the, the lazy way to try to nerf Fade was just like, oh, she gets one less Prowler. Whoop-de-doo. Um, which I think would have been overboard. Like, I, I know I kind of worded that as in, like, oh, whatever kind of thing, but, like, no, I think that would have been way too much of a nerf um, to just outright take away a, a Prowler. Um, so I'm, I'm glad that they went with nerfing smaller aspects of the Prowler. Because I, I do think that was, by far and away, like, the strongest part of her kit. Or, well, maybe not the strongest part of her kit, but, like, the part of her kit that really set her apart. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I don't really know if her eye is better than Sova's dart. Like, I think the dart is better, to be honest. Like, okay, I really don't know, because there are a couple of things that the dart has that the eye doesn't, but then there are a couple of things the eye has that the dart doesn't. Well, I have range wow. on it, so you can get like really weird off angles with where your eye is being placed that still pings people. Yeah, like, I'm saying, like, the fact that the eye goes up after it hits something, mm-hmm. massive. Because, like, that can drag my crosshair to buttfuck nowhere to try and break that thing. Um, the Sova Dart can bounce, and you don't know how many times it's going to bounce. Yeah, 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 but, like, and like I was going to say, like, the advantage of the Sova Dart is you can get it places from farther away. Um, yeah. And there's more lineup potential. Like, I know Average Jonas has, like, fake dart lineups, so he can be standing A-main and make it look like the dart is coming from, like, outside of B. And so it's like, oh, the Sova just darted from B, he has to be here, and then he's standing in A. Like, that's fucked. That's something that Fade can't do. That's way too but... meta. <laughs> yeah. Um... Yeah, we got we got fucked by that the other day in one of our games. Like, it was a game that we were getting fucking rolled in, and the enemy team wasn't taking it super seriously, so they were just talking in chat. And, like, after something happened, like, we thought there must have been a Sova in some area based on a dart. And then after the round, the enemy team's like, oh, yeah, by the way, like, he shot that from, like, all the way across the map. Uh, which, okay, at any rate, obviously, Fade can't do that, but... I feel like Fade can get her haunts to more obnoxious places for me to try to shoot than Sova can get his dart to. And I feel like the timing of the the shooting the Fade eye is like, you shoot it too soon and the eye isn't there, and then you shoot it too late and you're pinged. Uh, I feel like with Sova's dart, 
it's a bit easier to time once it lands to breaking it. Maybe it's just so much smaller too, right? Yeah, and like obviously when you have a rifle or any fully automatic weapon, the exact timing of it is less relevant, but when I have an op, right. It's it's a lot more annoying to try and time it right cuz like it's such a small leeway between when I can shoot that eye and when that eye notices me. Like it's so minuscule that like you really have to time that well. Whereas with like a sova dart I know what the timing is. It's landed. I can shoot it. Um, I don't feel like the timing is that bad with the fade one. I, th- I feel like you're exaggerating a little bit there, or at maybe, least like, I find I it easier than what you're saying. Times when like I'm like, wait, what the fuck? I thought I shot that, and then like it's still there, and I shot too early. Doesn't it take more than one bullet to kill? No, that's the the prowler is fucking obnoxious. That's the one that has too much health. Which I wish they nerfed that shit. When I don't know if they did. Did they, Hunter? Prowler yeah, health. Prowler. No, health? no, no. They they did not touch okay. the prowler health. Prowler health is obnoxious, namely because Marshall doesn't deal with it. Um. But I'm like, hopefully, them fixing the hitbox goes a long way. Because I've had multiple times with the chamber ult that, like, I swear to God, I shot that thing and it's still fucking chopping me. Um. So hopefully that's fixed. Obviously, we don't know specifics with the. Uh, box stuff um okay but we've gone in a lot of circles here but i want to get back to the original point being it's hard to say if if fade eye versus sova recon is better i feel like those are pretty equal but then sova only gets one drone whereas fade has two prowlers and now that they've nerfed her prowlers i feel like there's a much better um like, there's a much better choice to be had there. Do we Maybe. want... Do we want this one drone, which is better at clearing stuff, or do we want two of these powers? And I feel like that's the big difference. If you take out the fact that potentially Fade sees combos better with other utility than Sova Shock Dart does, which is a whole nother can of worms. But They just nerfed the shit out of the drone, too. Did they really, though? I feel like it still does its job. It still does. Yeah, I, the drone is not the problem I have with uh, with the Sova Nurse. It's it's the shock darts, but... Yeah. Like, the drone like, was nerfed to shit. Like, the duration decrease was massive. And maybe that duration decrease will be massive with the Prowlers as well. I, I think the duration decrease with the Prowlers is huge. But, like, I feel like one of the things that people don't really talk about with the Fade Prowlers is... There's a lot of times where fades just think that they flicked far enough with the prowler to clear something, but it didn't. Yeah, yeah. At least uh, in our which, like, Yeah, which is not a thing with the drone. With the drone, if you clear something, you know it's fucking clear. With the prowler, it's a bit more ambiguous. Also, the other thing with the prowler is if you clear something and it latches onto someone, you don't know if there was one person there or there were five people there. With the drone, you do, yeah. With the drone, you do. Um, And I think there's, like, so you're trading off. Do we want two of them, or do we want one really good one? And I think I think it's better to put that, you know, have that uh, that option there. 
Should we take a Sova? Should we take a Fade? Um, yeah, I, feel I like think that's great. Those things more in line is is very healthy. I agree. Yeah, because I mean, at least the pro meta Fade was like very very good. Yeah, too good. Yeah, I so think those, those cabbages were a large reason why. Yeah, yeah, big cabbage that bites. <laughs> The cabbage that has teeth. Yeah, so we'll see. We'll see how much these nerfs do. I think it's a good. It's a good step. I don't quite know if it's enough for the cipher, but we'll uh, we'll see. Yeah. And I don't know. I've stated this before, and I think the balancing sentinels is hard because, like, I'm already dreading playing against people that pick up cipher because of this. Yeah, it is a tough balance. It might just be where the meta is at currently, where you know sentinels just have less of a role in the current meta, but the meta is all agent balance, so who, who knows? Like, I don't know, when you play against the cipher that has like that knows a variety of setups and knows them very well, that's annoying as hell. Oh yeah, I fully agree. And I feel like now you're just giving people the ability to have more setups, which I think is good. But I'm not looking forward to playing against it. Yeah, I mean, with that, should we wrap up uh, a year of uh, Drunk Valorant? Yeah, sounds good to me. Um... Actually, I did have one more idea about Cypher real quick. I'd be curious to bounce off of you. Okay. Um... One thought I had about a further buff beyond what they've done already is part of the problem with Cypher's kit is that it's not that it's bad, but that it's situational. So there are times when, you know, you're just not really able to bring as much value to the table as you'd like with Cypher's ult. Sorry, not Cypher's ult, Cypher's kit in general. So what if they revert the death change where there was one patch where with one fell swoop, they made both Cypher and Killjoy's utility no longer work after they die? What if Cypher's trap wires still work after he's dead? So that way on offense in particular, you can put your trap wires down. And then even if your utility isn't that great on attack, you can be really aggressive in helping your team because those wires are still going to alert your team even if you're dead. Whereas Killjoy, where her, her trap wa- her flank watching utility is a lot more impactful with the ability to do damage and the ability to have the two different ones that do different things. But now you have to actually play around that more. And Killjoy is just stronger than Cypher overall. What would you guys think about that as a, a modification? Would that be too much? I honestly didn't know that that was a thing at one point. I didn't know that was a thing at some point. Um, you no, know, I mean, before that change, both Killjoy and Cypher, uh, their, their utility persisted after their death. And Killjoy's utility at that point had no range restriction. So she could be dead, and her turret would alert your team to a rotate, like, across the map. (laughs) Yeah. Wild times, for sure. I don't mind that. If that's, like... Just for Cypher, though. Well, no, no. Yeah, I'm not talking about Killjoy. Yeah. I don't mind that if that's, like... No, but I'm saying, like, even if they were to revert that with Killjoy, if that's the whole stick of a Sentinel, and that, like, their traps remain active even after you die... As if traps of duelists don't remain active after you die? Like, what's the comparison there? Their well, the utility one... is useful after they die. Yeah, it's like... I see, I see. Their, their utility is useful after they die. I don't... I mean, you could say the same for controllers. Their smokes stay in place. Yeah, okay, but, like, they can't 
very fresh. Yeah, okay, same thing with the Sentinels, I guess. It's just smokes aren't permanent. Yeah. Um, I don't... Yeah, I don't mind that. Um, I feel like it... It does a bit more to revitalize the Sentinel role. Minus Chamber, of course. Um... Who, did, who doesn't if, need revitalizing? Right, and if yeah. you were to take it a step farther and say, you know what, Chambers Trap doesn't stay around when he dies, I'd be fine with that too. Uh, I think I think fuck the Killjoy things. Just let we, I yeah. feel like, dude, like Killjoy can ever, dude, give Killjoy your global shit back, dude. Yeah, give like, Killjoy your global shit back, but not the after death. Just give the after no, no, death no, no, to Cipher. You know, he was already playing around with death with the whole corpse old thing. Yeah, it's like it's part of the uh, the lore. Maybe I don't know. Give give Killjoy her global shit back. Give Killjoy her after death shit. Give Safer his after death shit. Like that's fine. Annoying, maybe a little. Because like I don't know, there are definitely times, and like I, I guess this is more relevant when like I'm playing with Tony and Tony's playing Ko, and like I'm flanking, and I know that there's like a chamber trip somewhere. Um, and I guess the same, like, similar thing could be said with a cipher trip. You just don't see a lot of ciphers. And I'm like, yo, Tony, can you try to knife whoever this is? Right, Someone right. Someone this trap? Like, I think there are also definitely times where I'm, like, hanging out somewhere on flank. Or, like, I'm flanking the enemy team, and I'm, like, waiting on the other side of this, like, this trap. And then either the chamber, or, like, and then the chamber dies. And it's like, now I can just, like, freely push up. And I'm already right here, so I'm probably ahead of the enemy team's mental clock of when they think I could be somewhere. Right. I, I, I wouldn't mind Sentinel shit staying active after they die. And I'm not saying this as someone who plays Chamber. Like, if you wanted to exclude Chamber from that, that'd be fine. I don't know, it is really nice when the Sentinel dies and you're like, oh, I can freely <laughs> flank now. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, but imagine if you couldn't. I think it. I. I think it'd be nice. I think it'd be nice. Just yeah, like I, I could see it. I could see it. Yeah. yeah, I view. Th- I view this very much as a uh, as needed per character thing. Like if Killjoy is right now, it seems like Killjoy does need some love, but that is also sort of relative to Chamber. So if Chamber gets taken down a peg more, which Wright has indicated they're going to do, let's see how Killjoy is at that point. That's that's sort of what I'm saying on that. I, I'm not rushing to say that we should do this for Killjoy. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just like, I. the one thing that I could see is if they gave it to both Killjoy and Cypher, does Killjoy just out power creep Cypher? Yeah. 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 I, yes. I can see that being yeah, an issue as well. Maybe. Right, so it's like, but like, yeah, like, dude, give Cypher his fucking traps after death. I don't like it. I find it very annoying, especially as someone who's never going to play that agent. But like, I don't think it, yeah, I think that's fine. I like that. I like that as a buff, but we'll see how much uh, Cypher continues to get played now that he has been quote-unquote buffed. Like, is there any It's not even quote-unquote, he's been buffed, obviously, but. Yeah, yeah. Um, but no, like, Hunter brings up an interesting point, though. There's, like, there's no one that has anything that persists after death, really. Well, like, like I just sure, said, your smokes, smokes. Your smokes stay active. Yeah, but, and like... Following any other characters, same thing, like, your smoke would immediately disappear when you died. If you followed the same, like, 
rationale yeah. is with uh with sentinels. Yeah. Right? And then like most duelists have deployable utility, like instant deployable utility, and so obviously that doesn't persist after death. Well, I mean, but like take Neon for example, right? Neon throws her fast lane up and get insta head tapped, like that fast lane stays active. Yeah. Yeah, it does. Yeah, but that's, that's also much more shorter, you know, duration. Much shorter, shorter duration. Short, but, like, but it has the same value whether you die after casting it or you don't die after casting it. Same thing with a with a controller. Well, that's I wouldn't say the same, the same value. But... What do you what do you mean? I mean the the value of the fast lane is that the neon can quickly take sight within it. Okay, but... or her stun, for example. You throw that stun and get insta head tapped. Like that stun goes through no matter what. Yeah. Yeah, they're still As stunned Cypher, for the full duration. They don't stop yeah, yeah, being yeah. stunned. Right. As Cypher, when you drop your trap, it should do what it does, regardless of whether you get head tapped afterwards or not. Yeah, I mean I can see it with Cypher. I don't necessarily think Killjoy needs it at this point, but yeah. um maybe. Kill Killjoy obviously needs some love, but I I agree with what you were saying that if it was given to both of them that it would just make Killjoy better than Cypher still. Mm-hmm. Alright, that's all I, I got. That's a real issue to, to tackle. Yeah. And on that, uh, hopefully we'll be drinking with you for more years to come. Aww. And uh, drink with you later. <laughs>